And welcome everybody to Fantasy Savvy's 2020 show. Week 9 is here and we get you ready. Talking about every single game, every single fantasy relevant player. As always, we will discuss our NFL picks at the end of each game. We'll talk about DFS, we'll talk about the weather, and we'll also talk about all the injuries. So, we are getting very close. Just a few weeks left to the fantasy playoffs. If you're in the high stakes league, some start week 12, so you only got three weeks left. So you got to just search for upside, put up those points, and get it done. So we're here to help you with that. Again, fantasysavvy.com is the website. Fantasy Savvy on Twitter. Please give me a follow there. So let's get into it. Week 9, 2020 season. Let's go. Okay, let's get into the week nine injuries to get you updated. This is late Friday, early Saturday morning. Uh, Cardinals cornerback Drake Kirkpatrick is out. So good news for Preston Williams as Devontae Parker will probably matched up with Patrick Peterson. Joey Bosa is out against the Raiders, so great news for the Raiders. Uh, Trent Brown, their right tackle, is still on the COVID list, but still excellent news for the Raiders uh, and their offensive line this week. Uh, Brandon Ayuk and... Kendrick Bourne were activated from the COVID list, so we saw they were out Thursday, so they should be good for the following game. Uh, Alex Collins was uh, signed by the Seahawks um, to play against the Bills this week with Chris Carson going to be out and Carlos Hyde also out. So it will be Travis Homer, DJ Dallas, and a little bit of Alex Collins. We'll get into that when we talk about the Seattle game. Brian Edwards, talented rookie receiver from South Carolina, finally is back. I think he's been out since week three with that ankle injury. Uh, so he's finally back. Could be a big, big boost uh, for this Raiders offense. You know, didn't really do too much when he was playing early in the year, but you know, if you've been listening to this show, been following me on Twitter, uh, really like this guy uh, coming out of South Carolina. Very, very talented rookie. Kind of reminds me of Anquan Bolden. So if he's out there in your wire, you got a little trash uh, that you can let go. Uh, or if you could put somebody on the IR and add an extra spot, go grab Brian Edwards. Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott, we'll see if he plays with his hamstring injury this Sunday. Uh, it doesn't really make sense for them to play, but they're playing the Steelers. They have a bye next week. So we may see Tony Pollard in this game. Uh, we may see Zeke ruled out, we may, or we may see uh, more Tony Pollard than Zeke. You know, at some point when they're trailing in the second half, they may just pull Zeke and just run Pollard the rest of the game. So it doesn't look like a good week for Zeke, regardless. Um, you know, rookie, whatever the quarterback they go with, Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush, that hasn't been fully decided yet. I think they're going to go towards Gilbert. We'll talk about that when we get into the Cowboys game. But Zeke looks to be out or very, at the least, very limited in this game. I doubt they're going to go out there and, you know, give him 20 carries. He probably won't even be able to get there anyway because they're probably going to be getting killed in this game. So it doesn't look like a good week for Zeke, and Tony Pollard's going to be very interesting this week. So if you held on to Pollard, you know, as that key handcuff, uh, he finally may pay dividends this week. David Moore, Seattle wide receiver, was removed from the team's injury report. David Moore is very interesting because 
he's a guy that you may want to add uh, maybe this week just because, or if you know, if you have a spot, just because if you know Metcalf or Locke go down with an injury, he's going to step into an absolutely great situation, and he's a good player, so he could uh, he could be a key contributor for one of your teams uh, if you if an injury does indeed happen. Philip Lindsay uh, toes is questionable for Week Nine against the Falcons, so that he had turf toe, and then I think he jammed some of his toes. I don't know, maybe he didn't cut his toenails. I don't know, combined with that turf, though, so he may not even play this week. Looks like might go back to Melvin Gordon uh, in a pretty good matchup here against Atlanta. But, you know, Lindsey definitely outperformed Gordon last week, had some nice runs, um, broke that big run at the end of the game that kind of sealed the win for them. So let's see if he gets back this week, but it doesn't look good at this point, but we've got to check back Sunday morning. Sammy Watkins is questionable for Week 9. Um, against the Panthers. It looked like he may might return with his hamstring injury. So that would downplay Demarcus Robinson. Uh, also, you know, Hardman kind of doesn't... Robinson kind of took that Watkins role, so Hardman could still be in play regardless. Um, but that would definitely eliminate Demarcus Robinson from being relevant at all. Jamal Adams will return for the Seahawks this week against the Bills. Uh, Chris Godwin is expected to play. Coming back from that finger injury. Cornerback for the Broncos, A.J. Boye, is going to be out against the Falcons. So with Calvin Ridley possibly out as well, it's going to be the Julio Jones show, uh, it appears. So he's going to be a very, very popular play on DFS. And, uh, you know, if you have him in season leagues, you know, just expect a monster game. Because he's just going to get a lot of targets, especially if Ridley is out. Again, Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde are both out. Dolphins placed running back Lynn Bowden uh, on the reserve COVID list. Also, Miles Gaskin is out. Also, Matt Breida is out. So what we're looking at for Miami this week is Jordan Howard, Patrick Laird, who we've seen in the past. You know, he's kind of like the Burkhead kind of mold. Um, you know, can catch balls out of the backfield. Decent runner. But he's also got a little bit of an ankle injury. So... <clears throat> um, Shelvin Ahmed, who's also back at a – I think his first name is Shelvin. His last name is Ahmed. But he's also back from Washington where Gaskin's from. And I was watching some tape of him earlier, and I'm pretty intrigued. But we'll talk about that when we get into the Dolphins game a little bit more. Uh, Justin Herbert, uh, a little bit of a shoulder injury, but, of course, he's fine. Nothing major there. Kenyon Drake will not play in Week 9. It's going to be the Chase Edmonds show. So if you're a Chase Edmonds truther, Chase Edmonds owner, this is your week for him to shine. Um, with Drake fully out, he's going to get the number one spot coming off that bye week. Matt Breida, again, is out. Mark Ingram is doubtful for week nine. <clears throat> so it's going to be uh, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, who kind of went in like a 50-50 split last week. Uh, J.K. Dobbins looked pretty good. Tremaine Pope was cleared from concussion protocol, but is doubtful for week nine. So it seems like they just want to give him a week, you know, uh, he got hit pretty hard, so that makes sense. You know, they still got Kelly and Jackson. Uh, but, it, you know, it was interesting because he was kind of overtaking Kelly. And, you know, it, we'll talk about that a little bit more too, but it doesn't look like Eckler's going to come back this year. So Pope is going to have some value. Uh, Ridley, again, is questionable. Raheem Morris says he's in a good spot to play, but he hasn't practiced all week. So that's going to be very interesting. Looks like a game-time decision. ESPN's Diana Rossini 
and from North Jersey, by the way, said Drew Brees' right shoulder and Michael Thomas's ankle hamstring will play against Tampa. So Brees has a little bit of a shoulder injury against the Bucks. a little bit of bad weather. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders should be coming back. Also, Marquez Callaway is possibly coming back. So he looks like he'll have all his weapons at his disposal. Uh, I don't know about this shoulder injury. You know, the, with, with the weather, we got to check that in Tampa too. We'll talk about that. But, you know, a little concerning there. But it's good that he's getting his weapons back. But not a good matchup against the Bucs. Although we saw the Giants do a decent job against them last week. Uh, and Daniel Jones. Um... Josh Norman, cornerback for the Bills, out against the Seahawks. Not a big thing there. Dontrell Inman is out for the Giants. It looks like Steven Sims, a little shifty, dicey guy for the Redskins, will return with Inman out. Uh, Could be a decent little option there. Marcus Johnson, receiver for the Colts, is questionable. Uh, He was downgraded, has a little bit of a knee injury. But he returned to full practice Friday afternoon, so he should be okay. We'll see if that changes to a probable. T.Y. Hilton is going to be out for the Colts this week, so he could be a factor. Um, The Raiders are also going to be missing their left tackle this week. So no Bosa for the Chargers, but the Raiders will be missing their right tackle towards COVID and Colton Miller to left tackle. With an ankle injury. So not good on that aspect, but at least Bosa is out. Mo Ali Cox knee injury is questionable for week nine against the Ravens. Um he ran 10 routes to Trey Burton's 15. Doyle ran 14. So it was kind of like a three-man split. I thought it would kind of gear up more towards Burton. Um, but you know, Burton still kind of is that number one, but it was a little more mixed than I thought it would be. I thought Cox or or Doyle would take a back seat, but we'll see if Cox uh, plays this week. If not, good news for for Trey Burton. Vikings cornerback Cameron Dantzler, concussion was ruled out for Week 9 against the Lions. Um, So the Vikings defense is still banged up. They pulled up that win against the Packers. Did not expect that last week. Uh, Looks like, you know, Kenny Galladay is going to be out or the Lions for sure. Um, so it's going to be Marvin Hall, Marvin Jones. We'll get into that. Devontae Freeman is out again, so it's going to be Wayne Gallman for another week. Uh, their other cornerback for the Vikings, Holton Hill, is also out. So, you know, their secondary is really is really st- is really really banged up right now. Um, <clears throat> Adam Humphreys is out against the Bears. So good news for Jonu Smith, Corey Davis taking those – you know, uh, and also an AJ Brown for that matter, going across the middle, taking away some of those targets that Humphrey uh, usually gets. Tim Patrick, who's been upstart receiver this year, kind of coming up. You know, I doubted him. Looked at the tape, very you know impressed, doing the job. I don't think he dropped a pass all year, going down the sideline, uh, making a lot of tough catches. He should be back this week um, in a good matchup against the Falcons. So. We saw Judy kind of get going a little bit last week. KJ Hamler returned, Fant returned. So this could be a good week for uh, Drew Locke and the Broncos offense. If you want to stream Drew Locke or if you want to stack that Broncos offense in uh, DFS. Fangio says that Philip Lindsay is expected to play, but again, we'll see about that. 
pay attention. He's got all his toes are all messed up. He's got to cut his toenails. Uh, Jamison Crowder groin was a limited participant in Friday's practice. So we'll see if he returns against the Patriots for Monday Night Football. Um, Kellen Moore, Cowboys offensive coordinator, said it's a wait-and-see thing on how much Ezekiel Elliott Elliott can handle in Week 10 against the Steelers. So we'll see about that. Again, pay attention, pay attention. We already talked about it. Sam Darnold has a shoulder injury, but they're throwing him out there. He will play. We may see Joe Flacco at some point in this game. Um, Debo Samuel has a chance to return Week 10 against the Saints. Same with Raheem Mostert. So both of those guys are probably on your IR, on your bench. I doubt you cut them. Uh, as the talent is juicing when they play. But their bye week is week 11, so they may not play till week 12 just to get healthy against the Rams. But we'll see, you know, um, what Shanahan, how, how he plays that. Panthers left tackle Russell Okun is doubtful against the Chiefs. Um, not a good thing for them. Let's see. Ron Rivera. Uh, is talking about Bryce Love, the running back we heard a lot of news from. You know, once Peterson got cut, or I mean, traded, um, was either cut or traded. I think they cut him right, and then the Lions signed him. So we heard a lot about Gibson, Love. Who is it going to be? Uh, McKissick, and you know, a lot of people like Love. And Love was a talented player at Stanford, very, very talented running back. So he could come back and, you know, he could very well get some carries. Um, you know, Gibson's done a pretty good job, got a bunch of carries before the bye. McKissick's kind of still playing a lot of snaps just with uh, with Gibson as well and, uh, you know, getting more use in the pass game. But, you know, Bryce Love's an interesting guy. May not be back for another couple of weeks, but a guy to definitely maybe add in the next week or two um, especially if there's an injury, he could be end up being a, a, a producer for your team. So just just something to pay attention to there as he's coming back pretty soon. Giants coach jo- Joe Judge said it's possible Golden Tate won't play Sunday as part of discipline from his past incidents over the past week. You know, so he was kind of on the trade block. They just signed Dante Pettis as the Niners cut him. So it'll be interesting to see if Pettis gets uh, thrown into the mix there this week. That would that would be very interesting. Um, Chiefs defensive tackle Chris Jones returned to practice. He was on the COVID list, so it means. Jones cleared protocols after having close contact with a chief staffer who tested positive. Jones should play in Sunday's game with the Panthers. So big, big news for the Chiefs there. Obviously, Chris Jones, we saw what he could do, uh, you know, in the playoffs in the Super Bowl last year. He had a big-time year, big-time player for the Chiefs. That's huge that they get him back. Um, Mitchell Jabriskie had a little bit of a shoulder injury. He's week to week, so Nick Foles will be the guy no matter what for the next couple of weeks it looks like. Um, anything else significant here? Don't want to get too much longer. Let's get into these games. Colts receiver Michael Pittman looks like he's back on track to play, so he'll be back along with Marcus Johnson. Again, T.Y. Hilton is out. Logan Thomas, tight end for the Redskins, upgraded to a full practice. A lot of people believe in him. I'm not a big Logan Thomas guy. And that is it. So let's get into the first game of Week 9. Okay, first game, 1 o'clock, 3-4. and four. Denver Broncos, 2-1 and one on the road against the 2-6 and six 
Atlanta Falcons 0-4 at home. The spread in this game is the Falcons giving 4 to Denver. And the over-under is currently sitting at 50 points. So, also, let's go over, um, let's start with this. The last five for the Broncos, 31-30 win against the Chargers. We saw that another devastation loss for the Chargers last week. Kansas City, they got smoked 43-16 in that bad weather game. Uh, beat New England 18-12, where Cam was completely off. Beat the Jets 37-28 and then lost to the Bucks 28-10. The Falcons last five won at Carolina uh, 25-17. Uh, lost to Detroit 23-22 at home. Lost to um, beat Minnesota on the road 40 to 23. Beat Carolina 23-16. I'm sorry, lost to Carolina 23-16 at home. And then in Green Bay, they lost to the Packers 30-16. So Kind of an even game here. I would definitely take the points with the Broncos uh, with the four. Again, the Falcons' defense has you know struggled all year, especially their secondary. Um, you know they did a pretty good job last week uh, against Teddy Bridgewater actually, but kind of like the Broncos here with the points, um, like Locke. You know they're getting healthy on offense with Fant and Judy and Tim Patrick should be back this week. Uh, we'll see about Lindsey. That's big. Uh, but Gordon, you know, he could do the job. So a lot of the discussion is, should I use Drew Locke as a streaming quarterback this week? And, you know, it's on the road, but it's in a nice situation in a dome. Again, he's got all his weapons back. Fant looks to be fully healthy. Judy's kind of getting a little bit of a flow. Uh, Tim Patrick has always been solid. Uh, he kind of had a good, you know, flow with with um, Drew Locke, K.J. Hamler in the slot. So they got a lot of weapons. You know, the Falcons are probably going to put up some points. So, you know, the over-under is 50. I mean, you could definitely see Drew Locke coming away with 200, you know, almost, you know, close to 300 yards passing, two to three touchdowns is very possible. That's, you know, I think his floor is probably two touchdowns and like 230 yards. So that's not bad. You take that with a ceiling of maybe 300 yards and three touchdowns. So I'm not against streaming him in this nice environment. Um, Going to be a fast-paced game, a lot of throwing. Um, so I'm fine with it. Um, like Locke. I'll go with Noah Fant, of course. He could be one of the best plays. The Falcons have been terrible against tight ends. Uh, Jerry Judy, you know, watch the tape, a little bit of him, <clears throat> you know, he's done some good things, but at times I think he's looked a little sluggish, which is kind of surprising. Um, doesn't look as quick as I expected him to be. Um, and other, other routes, he has looked quick. So there's something, there's some, he, I don't know, something's a little off with him. Doesn't look like he's as crisp as I thought he would be. Uh, but maybe he's just kind of getting his wings under him. And either way, this is a good matchup. So I think you use him with some comfort this week. Again, the floor is probably like five catches, 50 yards, and the upside could be over 100 and a touchdown. Uh, I really want to see what he does this week, though. This is a this is um, this is going to be a good sign to see where he's at after this game. So I would use him, Tim Patrick, if he's plays, and you know <clears throat> your options aren't great. 
Uh, he could be the leading receiver for the Broncos this week. Again, I don't think he's dropped a pass all year. They like to throw him down the sideline. Locke, Locke can hit those throws. You know, he's inconsistent still. That's his main issue. Um, you know, four touchdowns, five picks on the year. The stats just do not look pretty at all. But he can go down the field. He can, you know, he's got an arm. He can get outside the pocket and make plays. And then Hamler's, you know, I kind of liked him, but I, I think I got to stay away from him. Um, I don't feel comfortable using him even in DFS yet. Even as I mean, maybe in DFS, but in seasonal, definitely not. Uh, I kind of want to wait and see with him. I kind of jumped the gun in one league, <clears throat> in a couple leagues actually. I made a couple stupid decisions. I, I wasn't a, even a Hamler guy coming into the this season. I mean, I liked him. You know, he's fast and whatnot. But I watched tape one week, and he looked like he was. He looked really impressive to me, and I made some stupid decisions that week. I uh, cut T. Higgins for him, and I cut Brandon Ayuk in two different leagues. And that was just probably one of my bigger mistakes this year. Um, yeah, definitely. So that kind of – which was weird. I didn't stick to my guns. You know, I loved T. Higgins coming out. Uh, and they just weren't using him at that time. So I was like, oh, maybe they're just not going to use him, you know. Um, but that was stupid. That was stupid because, like, the following week they went right to him. And I actually traded Daryl Williams for T. Higgins. It was like a small little trade. I did it like week two or week three. And, you know, could it end up being a great deal for me? But I had to cut him. I mean, I didn't cut him. I cut freaking oh, – yeah, I did cut him for Hamler. So it was just a stupid, stupid decision. Uh, and the other decision that you had cut Ayuk. So, but anyway, I don't think you can use him this week. Um, I just don't feel comfortable about it. And then on the Falcons side – you know, Matt Ryan, <clears throat> this is not a pretty, pretty matchup for him. You know, Ryan has been pretty good fantasy-wise, 12 touchdowns, four picks. Um, Ridley's going to be out, so it's going to be a lot of Hayden Hurst and a lot, a lot, a lot of Julio Jones. And then are we going to see Russell Gage? Are we going to see Zacharias? Are we going to see... Um, Blake, they say Ridley's replacement is Blake for the most part, but, I mean, Gage and Zacharias seem like the better players. Blake has never really done anything when he's filled in. So uh, I would say, you know, Gage first and then Zacharias um, in that order. If you want to mess around with those guys, again, the old run, there's 50. You know, Denver defense could make some plays here, too. This game may go under. I'm not totally certain that this game is going to go over. It definitely could. It definitely could be kind of a little bit of a defensive battle. Again, Locke definitely has his struggles. You know, Ryan, you know, if, if he's facing a pass rush, he, he can kind of get out of rhythm. No Ridley. Um, you know, Todd Gurley. You know, the Denver defense has not really been good on the ground. They're letting up four, almost five yards per carry, but... Todd Gurley's averaging like 3.5 yards per carry um, this last couple games. He's been really, really bad. But he's getting into the end zone, which is salvaging his games. I mean, last week, he was, it would look like it was going to be brutal. Last Thursday night, Brian Hill was in, and then Gurley was just sitting on the sideline. You had no idea what was going on. And then Gurley came back in later in the game, and he put it, you know, Got a touchdown and saved his fantasy day, but he still only finished with like 10 points. So it's been kind of weird with Gurley. You know, he just hasn't looked good at all, but he keeps scoring. So he's been fantasy relevant. I mean, we shipped him off uh, in one league. with I shipped him and Gaskin off 
for Claypool and Singletary. And, you know, really hasn't gone swung either way. I, it's a keeper league. I just did it because I thought Gurley was going to, you know, get hurt and lose his job. And I also was looking at Gaskin. They were just giving him the rock nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. You know, I, I just had a feeling he was going to wear down. He went on the IR. But Singletary hasn't been good at all. You know, Moss is kind of overtaking him. And Claypool, uh, he's had two out of three good weeks. That one week was devastating, though. Basically had negative one point, so most, uh, or a donut for that matter. <clears throat> but the other two weeks, you know, scored, been solid. And, you know, he looks like he's going to be a beast. So maybe we'll end up getting the better of that trade as the season goes on. But you never know. Maybe Gas comes back. Maybe Gurley ends up with 10 more touchdowns this year. So we'll have to wait and see. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to go with Matt Ryan, not terrible. Uh, Julio is a no-brainer in this game. Hayden Hurst has been pretty solid. Every game he's getting like 5 for 50. You know, you're probably going to throw Gurley out there because he's probably one of your best running backs. Uh, But you could probably expect 16, 17 carries for 40, 50 yards and maybe a touchdown or two. And he's not going to do much in the pass game. Brian Hill has kind of been playing a little bit more each week. He actually looks better than him. Uh, or not not necessarily better, but he definitely looks quicker. Uh, and has more burst than Gurley. Gurley just kind of is just, you know, finding holes and grinding out yards almost. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, like I said, you just got to use Gurley. And then those backup receivers with Ridley out. Gage, Zacharias, maybe. I don't know. Again, Denver could do a pretty good job here on Ryan. So I don't feel like this is a great game to really, you know, stack or, you know, be excited about fantasy-wise. It very well could be a back-and-forth high-scoring game, uh, but it kind of could be defensive too because Denver might do a pretty good job on Atlanta and their passing game and their offense. And then you could ha- you could see a scenario where the Falcons' defense, which has been playing a little bit better, of late, uh, doing a pretty good job against Denver. But at the same time, you could see it being a little bit of a shootout, too. Could definitely get into the 60s. So I'm just, I'm kind of uncertain about this game. So I'm not going to say one way or the other. I think it's fine if you want to roll with these guys, though. I think the floors are pretty safe. Uh, I think we should see probably at least four or five touchdowns in this game, at least. So maybe we get, if we don't get to 50, maybe we get into like, you know, four, low 40s or, you know, high 40s. So we'll have to wait and see. But that's kind of how I see this game going. It, it's kind of, yeah, it could be, it could be a kind of a struggle somewhat offensively or it could be kind of a shootout too at the same time. So we'll see. But I'm going to take Atlanta. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the Broncos plus four and then the over under 50. I'm just going to stay away from that. Okay, Seattle, Buffalo. First things first, doesn't look like there's going to be any weather issues in Buffalo like there was last week. Um, it looks pretty clear there, so nothing to worry about. It's going to be a pretty nice weekend here in the Northeast. Uh, I'm in New Jer- here in northern New Jersey. It's going to be in the 70s. So Buffalo, maybe the low 60s, but looks like sun, no rain. So much, much better conditions for two, you know, explosive quarterbacks. Seattle, 6-1, and 2-1 and one on the road. The Bills, 6-2, and 3-1 and one at home. So the Bills started out hot, 
kind of been struggling a little bit here and there, you know, kind of squeaked by the Jets, um, squeaked by the Patriots last week. Josh Allen, still great numbers on the year, 16 touchdowns and five picks, but he's been slowing down a little bit. Definitely could get back to popping off this week. Although, you know, Jamal Adams coming back, Carlos Dunlap, but I don't think that's a, you know, first, I don't think that's going to be a huge, huge factor just yet. Adams definitely is a factor, but maybe Dunlap, we'll see what he can do. Um, you know, how much of a change he's going to give that defensive line that just hasn't been getting much pressure at all this year. Uh, if any, <clears throat> uh, spread on this game, Seattle is minus three, and the over-under, I believe, is the highest of the week at 55. So we've seen the Seattle receivers go off. Two weeks ago, it was Lockett. Last week, it was Metcalf. This week, the common sense theme seems to you know, be Travavius um, White is going to be covering DK Metcalf on the outside. So Lockett's going to be in the slot, and he'll have the advantage. Bill's allowing a lot of points to slot receivers. So possibly it shifts back to Lockett this week. But maybe Metcalf just gets the best of White and Beast anyway. I mean, you're throwing him out there regardless. Um, But maybe he takes a little bit of a step back this week like we did see two weeks ago when he went against Patrick Peterson. But White is not the physical uh, type of corner that Peterson is. Um, White's kind of just kind of getting your grill, stay with you. Um, which definitely could affect Metcalf, but Metcalf could definitely just, you know, burn him on a slant or run him over. I mean, the dude's strong as hell, so you don't get too worried, but it definitely could be a locket week this week, and I think, you know, that's the common sense approach if you're going in with him in DFS. Um, Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde going to be out once again. Travis Homer looks to be back fine. So he'll be in the mix with DJ Dallas, who got a, just a ton of work last week. Didn't do too much on the ground. Did a little bit in the passing game. Caught like five or six balls. Again, I don't think he had any big, big plays. Didn't break anything. Uh, didn't really have much of an opportunity to break anything. Um, but, he, you know, he did solve. For, you know, he came in. He got the job done. Scored two touchdowns. So you got to think that Carroll saw that last week. You know, he showed that he was capable. Um, why not? Give him a decent chunk again. I know that Carroll likes Homer. Two weeks ago, he was saying that they needed Homer because Russell DJ Dallas missed a huge block and Russell Wilson almost got killed. So you wonder if you know, kind of might be a fifty-fifty thing. And Homer's a good back too. Uh, he's pretty. He's pretty. He's got some talent too. So it could be kind of a fifty-fifty thing. And then they signed Alex Collins off the practice squad, who you know we've seen in the past, kind of like. A, in between the tackles, shifty, a little bit runner. Not explosive, but he can kind of get things done, too. Has experience with Carroll. He knows his system. Um, so he could definitely get some work. So, but he would be the third on the pole. I think it's going to be Dallas and Homer. I think Dallas first. Homer might not be fully healthy yet, coming back from that knee bruise. So Dallas first, a little bit of Homer. So maybe like 60, 30, 10, something like that. Or 50, uh, 50, 30, 20, probably, probably about 10%, I would say, for Conzo. So maybe 60, 60, 30, 10 is more realistic. 
uh, with Dallas getting the bulk. So, yeah, I mean, this is a good matchup. The Bills' run defense has not been good going back to last year, even when they had a good defense. So Dallas could have another good day. It's going to be a lot of points, 55. So you want to get these backs in here. Uh, even Homer, I don't I don't see a lot of people talking about him. Again, check his health, but I think he's pretty much clearly practicing full most of the week. So he should be fine. Um, and I think he'll get a decent a decent amount of work. Um, so he could be in play in DFS more so than seasonal. I think DJ is the guy, only guy you could really trust in seasonal. Homer would kind of have to be like a desperate flex play. Um, just coming off the injury, it's a little uncertain. But I think, you know, I, like I said, I think Homer's going to get a decent amount of snaps in this game because I do think Carroll trusts him and he is a good player. Um, interesting is Will Disley starting to get some more snaps now over Greg Olson. And we've seen Disley in the past be pretty effective at tight end. And they kind of haven't got too much from their tight end this year because they're kind of mixing all three of these guys. And they're all kind of, you know, becoming insignificant because of that. So Hollister's actually still playing a little bit. Olsen's in there most of the time, but he's not doing much. So you wonder if they start shifting towards Disley a little bit more. Because you see in the past, Disley can play. Um, he's pretty good. You know, he might even be better than Olsen at this point. So we'll see. That's something to pay attention to because anybody that you can get in a starting role in this offense is something you want to buy into. So something to pay attention to there. Uh, on the other side with Buffalo, Josh Allen, you would think this would kind of be like a bounce back game with the 55 total. You know, Russ is going to be scoring touchdowns. So Allen's going to have to match him. Um, you know, good weather. John Brown, hopefully he's a little bit healthier, still was kind of, you know, practicing in a limited fashion in the past couple of weeks. Um, so hopefully he's kind of almost a hundred percent, you know, Beasley, Gabriel Davis, Dawson Knox, I believe is going to come back this week, uh, and be healthy. So that's, you know, he's questionable, but, uh, that could help kind of help the explosiveness because Tyler Croft, you know, he's just an old, old veteran. You know, he, he's decent. He can get the job, but Knox is the type of guy that could, you know, get the ball out, in the flat and, you know, stiff arm a guy or two. He's got good speed. He's an athlete. So he he brings a different level to this offense. Um, and then we kind of saw the Bills run game kind of return last week against New England. They were talking about their run game struggling. And we saw both Singletary and Moss both kind of have pretty good games on the ground. Uh, with Moss getting most of the goal line work and getting those two touchdowns, which was unfortunate for Singletary. Um, so Moss seems like the guy they want to use inside the 10. Again, they drafted Moss this year. You know, they definitely like him. Uh, it seems almost like they like him a little bit more than Singletary. Um, but it kind of is still like a 50-50 split. So uh, Moss is definitely the higher-end guy. He's more of a, a RB2, RB3. And Singletary is more of like a low-end flex at this point. Uh, but still usable, certainly, in this game. I would say he's a decent flex in this game against Seattle with this total. Definitely could have a a pretty good game here. So, Stefan Diggs, I mean, wonderful, wonderful game every week pretty much. Um, Seattle plays a lot of zone. He's actually doing even better against zone than he is against man um, this year. Uh, John Brown, it's tough to trust him because he gave you two donuts and – Last week, I think he caught like two passes for like 20 yards or something. So, 
Yeah, it's a sneaky play. In seasonal, it's tough to use him. I was almost going to use him in one league. Uh, in DFS, it's definitely, you know, going to be a sneaky play, and it could it could really bust out. I mean, we've seen Brown have big, big games, and him and Allen definitely have good chemistry. And you notice since Brown's kind of been banged up, Allen hasn't really been that effective. So I just don't know if he's fully healthy. It's tough. It's really tough to say. You know, he's he's had that that calf injury, which is kind of a lingering injury, it seems like. Um, <clears throat> you know, he came back, then he was limping. He came back, he was limping. So <clears throat> hopefully he's 100%. Again, it's a sneaky play, DFS. I mean, roll with it. If you're going to set a couple different lineups, you can do a little Josh Allen, Josh Brown, Stefan Diggs stack, Cole Beasley. You know, don't mind using him either. And even Gabriel Davis maybe a little bit too in this type of game. Is not terrible for DFS. You know, seasonal, I think it stops at Diggs and maybe Beasley. And then Brown's kind of a questionable, you know, kind of desperate wide receiver play. And then Gabriel Davis is kind of off the radar there. Uh, Dawson Knox, you know, that's that's not really something you can rely on. There's just no consistency whatsoever. And then we talked about Singletary and Moss. So, should be a good game. <laughs> it's tough for me to pick the Bills. I mean, I'm, I I love Josh Allen, but, you know, going against Russ, even though they're at home, they certainly could win this game. But if it's going to be a shootout type of game, and, you know, we've seen Allen perform very well in the fourth quarter. He loves this type of – he loves that competition. He loves to perform in a clutch. But Russ is just the master at that. And it's very, very few times. We saw it against Arizona a couple weeks ago. He lost that game late. Um, but it's very, very unusual. They play so many close games. Again, last five for Seattle. Beat San Francisco 37-27. Lost to Arizona, the game we were just talking about, 37-34 in overtime. Beat Minnesota 27-26. Beat Miami 31-23. Beat Dallas 38-31. So all those games are within a touchdown, or, except for the San Fran game, which was 10 points, but in a, another close game. But, you know, Russ is just getting it done. He just gets the ball. He scores. He gets it done. And then the Bills last five, New England 24-21, Jets 18-10, lost to Kansas City 26-17, lost to Tennessee. They got blown out 42-16 to beat the Raiders 30-23. So I'm going to stay away from picking the side in this game. Um, and then the 55, I'm going to – I got to go with the over. Uh, so this could be a real good smash spot. You know, this is a good game to stack. Probably be one of the most popular stacks. I mean, any Seattle game is going to be the most popular stack for the most part just because Russ Russ is going to let it cook and um, and their defense stinks for the most part. So it's always going to be a high-scoring game. So we'll stick with the over, uh, although it's pretty high, 55. Could come a little bit under there or right around there. So not not crazy, crazy about it. There's probably some better picks along the way, but I would definitely hit the over of anything. And then the side, you know, I mean, I would probably lean Seattle just because of Russ. But I could see the Buffalo Bills winning this game. You know, I could see Josh Allen kind of putting on a, a really good performance here. Uh, man, this is going to be a great game to watch. I wish this game was on. Wish it was on. I might have to hit the bar to watch this game this weekend. Okay, Ravens at Colts. Five and two Ravens, three and one, three and zero oh on the road. Colts five and two, three and zero oh at home. The spread is Colts minus one. 
Mm. Over under 48. Lamar Jackson had a rough game last week. A um, couple fumbles, a couple picks. It was a sloppy, wet game, however. And I think that's why he kept fumbling. And I think that was causing some of his passes to go array as well. Um, still in the year, 12 touchdowns, four picks, 411 yards, two rushing touchdowns. I actually went back and watched that whole game. I, you know, I love. I would love to go back and be able to watch every single game. Ah, oh, man, but I just don't have the time. Um, but that was one of the games I did get to watch. I'm going to try to one of these weeks and try to be able to, you know, watch like six or seven rewinds. Uh, even the condensed version is like, you know, you can watch it in like 40, 45 minutes. But by the time you pause things, go back, make some notes, it's like an over an hour. You know, you go to the bathroom, make a drink, whatnot. Um, it takes a little while. So, you know, it's like freaking 12 hours to watch all those games. It's crazy. Um, but I try to watch as many as much as I can. If not, I just go into the search box and I click on the you know players that I want to get a feel of, better free agents or certain guys, just track their progress. But I didn't think Jackson played too bad in this game, despite the turnovers. Thought he made some really good throws uh, to Snead and um, you know made some made some big plays in this game as well. Um, and they came up just short at the end. I mean, he got stuffed in that fourth down. And they got the ball back again, and you know he kind of had to throw that desperation throw into the end zone. But they were close to winning this game despite all those turnovers. So for this spread to be one against the Colts, I think the Colts are good, but I think they're a little bit overrated. Let's look at their schedule. The last five, they beat Detroit forty-one twenty-one. Okay, uh, Galladay got hurt in that game, right? They beat Cincinnati thirty-one twenty-seven. Cincinnati's defense stinks. Troy's defense is not good. They beat they lost to Cleveland 32-23. Um they beat Chicago 19-11 and they beat the Jets 36-7. So all those teams have bad defenses except for the Bears, but then the Bears have no offense. So I'm I mean they've been playing solid football. Frank Wright's a good coach, there's no doubt about it. Their defense has definitely performed pretty well. Um but, I mean, the Ravens' defense is solid, right? Last five for the Ravens. Kansas City, 34-20 loss. Beat Washington, 31-17. Beat the Bengals, 27-3. So they absolutely shut down Joe Burrow. I mean, that was Joe Burrow's worst game of the year. Um, they beat Philly, 30-28. You know, Philly fought in that game. Philly plays a lot of close games, though. That's how Philly does. They don't really blow anybody out. They played just a ton of close games. And that last, that game against Dallas last week was just – that was comical. And then they had that game against Pittsburgh, 28-24. So, you know, they're coming off a loss. Um, they're going to be playing in the Dome. Jackson's going to be at full speed. Marquise Brown's going to be at full speed. Andrews, uh, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards ran the ball well last week. I know they're missing their their tackle, Stanley. Um, definitely a big injury. But, you know, Colts have a pretty good defense. I just feel like the Ravens are going to play well. I think the defense is going to give Rivers a tough time. Uh, I think Rivers, this is probably his toughest matchup of the, uh, of the year. We saw what he did against they did against Burrow. So I think that the Colts are not really going to be able to run the ball. You know, Jonathan, we'll get into that, but I don't think they're not really going to be able to run the ball. Um, and then the Ravens may struggle a little bit on offense, but I think they'll do just enough. I think they'll be able to run the football. I think Jackson will make plays with his feet. I think we may be, see a big plays. Big play to Marquise Brown. Um, 
we may see if Devin, du- Devin Duvernay is questionable. He may even pop out for something. Miles Boykin kind of got back in the mix a little bit. He's a guy actually to pay attention to because they definitely want to use him. Well, I was Zach Wilson watching this BYU game just threw a bomb. Uh, 317 yards, two touchdowns, 20 of 26. He's playing pretty well. Beating up on Boise State, 45-17, but Boise State lost their quarterback. But anyway, Miles Boykin, you know, I really liked him coming out of Notre Dame. Just hasn't happened for whatever reason. But last week he made a nice catch, caught a beautiful – actually, that pass by Lamar to him in the back of the end zone was absolutely perfect. So he might be get pumping up a little bit. And maybe he has a good game this week. Another sneaky, sneaky DFS play. Can't use him in seasonal yet. But a guy to maybe add this week if you have trash, you know, playing with Lamar, maybe he could pop a little bit. Um, what else? <clears throat> so Andrews, Brown are the only two guys you can trust. Along with Dobbins and Ed, uh, Edwards, I would definitely use Lamar. I expect him, you know, he probably won't be that popular in DFS, so... You know, you could do a little stack here. Um, they may get a lot of possessions, especially if Rivers is struggling. The Ravens may just, you know, you know, I know the Ravens have some uh, injuries on the defense. Queen is out. Humphrey's out. That's that's definitely that's definitely some big injuries there for sure. But I still feel like, you know, overall their defense will do a good job. Their defensive line is really strong, um, playing great. So if they're shutting down the run, and they're forcing Rivers to th- Dinkin and Duncan. He's going to throw some bad p- plays. He's going to throw some bad throws, have some bad throws and some bad plays. So good spot for the Ravens, I think. I'd be surprised if the Colts won this game. The one the one spot is just kind of unusual, but we'll see. On the other side, don't trust Rivers. You know, he's been having some good games the past couple of weeks against Cincinnati, against Detroit. Um, Hilton is out, so it's gonna be Marcus Johnson, who's also questionable. Michael Pittman's back. Um, Jack Doyle and Trey Burton. The one guy I would use it would be Burton, if anything. <clears throat> uh, Mo Ali Cox is questionable, he might not even play, but the only tight end you can really trust is Trey Burton. I wouldn't use any of the running backs this week, including Jonathan Taylor. I just I, this is the week you just sit Taylor, especially coming off that game last week where Wilkins got 20 carries to his nine. You know, he's got a little bit of an ankle injury. Um, maybe we see Wilkins getting more touches. Maybe we see Hines that are playing from behind. It's a lot of Hines in the passing game. Maybe they kind of feel like they're out of the game at this at some point and they just kind of rest Taylor and, you know, get him healthy. So that's possible. So I don't feel comfortable about any of the Colts players, really. Maybe, I don't even feel great about Trey Burton, but... He's the one guy I would probably use. Uh, Zach Pascal, no. I just feel like the Ravens are going to dominate this game, even with their injuries on defense. You know, still have a good scheme. Still just, you know, still got a lot of playmakers there. So I think they'll get it done. Uh, might be kind of a low-scoring game. Over-under is 48. I could see that going to about, you know, 40. I could see Ravens winning this game like, 27 13, 27 16, something like that. 31 10, 31 13. I don't see the, the Colts doing much on offense here. So, like the Ravens, would lean the under, although, you know, it could definitely pop over, but I would lean the under. 
Uh, the under, I feel like, is the way to go. I don't think you could take the over in this game. But the Ravens might be one of the best plays on the board this week. Okay, the 1-6 Texans, 0-3 on the road against the 1-6 Jacksonville Jaguars, 1-2 at home. Um, the spread is Jacksonville plus 7 at home versus the Texans. Uh, the over-under is 50-and-a-half. The rookie out of Oregon State, Jake Luton. Luton. Jake Luton will be starting for Jacksonville here against the Texans as um, Gardner has a little bit of an injury. So he will be out. Um, went back and watched a little bit of Luton. Seems like a decent athlete, a uh, good arm, a uh, good, pretty good ball placement. Um, may help Chark. Definitely a better arm than Minshew. Um, definitely could sky it up there. So this could help Chark, who likes to get deep. Who can? The biggest thing about Chark is you just kind of throw it deep to him, and he goes up and gets it. So you know, or you just throw it to a spot, and he kind of just gets there. And he, the guy has great hands. So maybe it's a rebound week for Chark in a good matchup against the Texans. Again, the over-under is 50, right? Is it going to be Keelan Cole? I don't know. Is it going to be a lot of James Robinson? But James Robinson definitely will have a good game here, I think. Um, but Chark could definitely rebound. And over-under is 50 with a rookie quarterback. So Watson... On the other side, with Cooks, who's been emerging, good play. Uh, Jacksonville's defense is nothing of note. They started out, you know, C.J. Henderson, you know. Then they kind of started to fade out a little bit. Uh, David Johnson. <sighs> Man, I don't trust this guy. But this is like the matchup where you'd have to feel like he could get in the end zone at least once, maybe twice, right? Could have 100 total yards. I don't know. They could use Duke Johnson a lot, too. I don't know. David Johnson is just a tough guy for me to trust because there's just not a lot of explosion. So, it, I mean, this is a great st- opportunity there. I just don't feel like the talent is totally there with Johnson. But, you know, he may be able to pop off a little bit. Again, may score, may get four or five catches for 70, 80 total yards. So, not a terrible play, even though I don't trust him. Will Fuller could go off in this game for sure. Kenny Stills still is kind of disappearing. Um, you know, he hasn't really even had any big games this year. So he, he's unusable. Uh, Randall Cobb, could you could see him having a pretty good game, right, in this game. Um, but again, the only guys you can really trust are Fuller and Cooks with Watson and then Johnson, and that's really it. Really it. Um, Jordan Akins, Darren Fells, you know, they're just going to cancel each other out pretty much when they're both on the field. Um, and then James Robinson, DJ Chark, Keelan Cole. I think he's in play this week, even with Luton. And then is Luton a streamer? I mean, I have the option of starting him in a two-quarterback league over Nick Foles, but I'm going to roll with Foles. 
Um, but Luton is interesting. It's just, you know, it's tough to trust. You don't know what you're going to get out of a rookie quarterback. You know, I'm, and I'm, just from watching his tape, I'm not like a crazy, crazy believer in him. You know, if it was like Josh Allen, after I watched his tape going out of college, I probably would roll with it just because you know you're going to get those running yards, right? I don't think Luton's going to be running all over the place. So that's that's tough for me to you know to say go ahead and use him. Um, but I think I think he could have a decent day, like two fifty, maybe a touchdown, maybe two, but it's still risky. And the Chark could have you know seventy, eighty, maybe a touchdown. I feel like Chark is going to catch a touchdown in this game. I just feel like Chark is going to have a good game here. Uh, it's about time, you know, talented, talented guy. Minshew just really hasn't been finding him. He's been frustrated. So. We'll see how it goes. Uh, the seven, it's tough to pick. I mean, the Texans' defense is not good. You definitely would lean Houston just because Deshaun Watson's on the other side, right? You know what you're getting out of him, an excellent player. Again, in a great matchup. Uh, David Johnson's in a smash spot too. So it feels like the Texans should be able to do whatever they want on offense. So even if Luton is playing pretty well, um, is he going to be able to be consistent with Watson back and forth? Likely not, right? So the Texans seem like the safe play. Um, not a bad pick. I probably definitely would, would roll with them. Easily could win this game by 10. The over-under, I'm not sure about. 50 and a half. Just because, you know, Luton may flop. You know, maybe the Texans win 34-13. to 34-17. Oh, that would put it over, but 34, you know, 34, 13, right? 47. So it could be like that. Then you could have 34, 20. I mean, I would lean the over for sure just because, you know, the Texans may put up five touchdowns in this game. <clears throat> and you figure just because Luton's going to be tossing around a ton, maybe they put up two touchdowns and a couple of field goals. So. And get to that 20. So I definitely would lean over and I would roll with the Texans just because you got Deshaun. You know what he can do. Easily one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, and this is just a great matchup for him. So DFS, seasonal, all these guys, roll them on the Texans offense. So if you wanted to go Aikens or Fells, I mean, it's not terrible in this matchup if you're desperate at tight end. And then on the Jacksonville side again, James Robinson, Chark, the only two guys. And then Keelan Cole too. Um, but not, I don't feel great about it. I feel like Chark is a little bit safer because he's the type of guy where Luton could just throw it up to him and then Chark will come down and get it. Coles is really not that type of guy. Bears at Titans. Good game here. Bears five and three, three and one on the road. Titans five and two, three and one at home. Um, real quick note, I forgot to mention about the Jacksonville game. Looks like there's going to be some rain in that game because there's also going to be some weather in Tampa as well. So it looks like some rain is moving across Florida. Uh, winds 10 to 15 miles an hour. So it could be a little wet and rainy, um, which is not a great sign. But if it's the 10 to 15, we'll see how much it's going to rain. If it's just going to be a drizzle, if it's going to be on and off. So it could be nothing. Could be something though. So make sure you check that out on Sunday. But either way, um, you know, I still feel fine with Watson as my quarterback, regardless. Even if we do get that rain to the 10 15. 
Okay, so Bears, Titans. <clears throat> Bears have some are they have some uh, injuries on their offensive line. Like three or four guys are all messed up. COVID. Clowney's questionable. For the Titans. Titans just got Desmond King from the Chargers. Corner talented quarterback. Cornerback, rather. Uh, but he's gonna be out this week. We already talked about Adam Humphreys being out this week. Liked what I saw out of Corey Davis last week, running a lot of uh pretty crafty routes to the outside. A lot of curl routes. A lot of underneath stuff. Tannehill just kept hitting him and then he hit him that hit him on that touchdown in that corner of the end zone. Uh, Davis made a nice catch. Real nice catch. Davis looks good. So if you picked him up, you know, coming off that buy, some a lot of people dropped him. Um, and he was, you know, he was on COVID list and whatnot. If you picked him up, he looked like he might have a nice fantasy asset the rest of the year. Um, but tough matchup here for the Titans against a strong Bears defense and defensive line. You know, obviously the Titans lost Taylor Lewan. Um, so the Bears might get, cause a little havoc here for Ryan Tannehill. So it's probably going to be a lot of Derrick Henry. You know, we saw them run eight consecutive times last week, mixing in Dante Foreman, who seems like he's the new backup for Henry now. Definitely would rather prefer Foreman over Nichols. You know, Foreman was actually pretty exciting coming out of Texas, kind of a strong runner. And he kind of fits this – I think he fits uh, – is a better fit for this offense too because he's the type of guy – he's kind of a bruiser. So he can kind of, you know, wear down the defense a little bit too, open up things for Henry. So you might you might see a decent chunk of Foreman in this game too. Um, the one thing about the Bears' defense, pretty good overall against the run, but they're letting up a lot of big plays, like you know, fifteen twenty yard runs. And Henry has like seven or eight runs over seventeen yards this year. So um, you could see a big big run from here, uh, maybe a couple of big runs from Henry this week. Either way. Henry, even if he gets 60, 70 yards, every time they get in the goal line area, they're going to give him the rock. So it's like he's going to score every single week almost, or maybe get one or two touchdowns. Already up to eight touchdowns on the year, and we're in week nine. Almost had 1,000 yards as well with 775. Contrast that with David Montgomery, who's only got 442 yards, uh, almost 50 less carries, but only has one touchdown. So Tannehill, Corey Davis, even though this is kind of a tough matchup, you know, Fuller, Jalen Sanders, pretty uh Jalen Johnson, the rookie, they got a pretty good secondary too. Uh, but I still feel decent about Davis. Although he could get some tight coverage this week. His upside might be kind of limited. Maybe five for fifty. Hopefully he get in the end zone. Um AJ Brown, yes, because he could beat anybody. You know, give him one quick slant, he's gone. So you got to throw him out there. Janu with Humphreys out. Um, definitely could exploit this Bears defense. The Bears defense has not really been good. They're like 10th or 11th most points against tight ends. Um, and then Tannehill, you don't feel great about it. You know, he didn't really have a great game last week um, against Cincinnati, which was surprising. I thought they were going to smash offensively in that game. But they didn't. Uh, they came on late, but a little late, you know, a little too much too late for them. 
So not a great matchup, but again, Tannehill in the year, 17 touchdowns, three picks. Excellent, excellent season. So we'll see. I mean, that, that offensive line of, uh, against the Bears' defensive line is definitely concerning. So could be seeing a little bit more of a low-scoring game here. Maybe Tannehill gets the 200, 250, a touchdown, two touchdowns. So not a big, big spot here by any means uh, for Tannehill. But I still think you throw Corey Davis and Brown out there, Jonu and Henry, of course. Uh, still pretty good options. Still could pop a little bit. Especially since the Bears may be able to pass pretty decently on the Titans here. So, you know, Titans may be just, you know, moving fast pace, trying to pass a lot regardless. So, the over-under is 46.5. I actually kind of like that over. And the spread is six and a half. I would take the Bears. I mean, the Bears are not pretty to watch. Their defense is solid. They keep them in all these games. But Foles is throwing these, you know, sky-high throws. He can barely move back there. David Montgomery's running for like three, four yards a clip with no absolutely no blocking. Uh, the guy's always breaking tackles, <laughs> moving piles. But he just gets horrible blocking going back to last year. Just... You know, it's a shame because he could be a good back on a different team. He just gets terrible blocking. But he's not a bad back at all. If you watch him play, if you understand running backs, he's not a bad running back. He's actually pretty good. He's just the biggest knock on Montgomery. He just doesn't have any long speed. They need to use him in the passing game more because he's kind of shifty. He can break tackles in the open field. And he can beat guys one-on-one. He's got decent feet. I can see that meme popping up again. (laughs) The feet of... uh, Saquon Barkley, the athleticism of Sony Michelle. But I don't, when you watch Sony Michelle, does he look that athletic? He looked a lot more athletic in college. I don't know what happened when he went to the Patriots. It's like he just ran, runs up the middle every time. It must have been all those injuries. Maybe he just changed his game. I don't know. I don't. When you watch him with the Patriots, does not look like an athletic guy. Um, definitely looked different at Georgia for sure. Seems like Allen Robinson ran that great, great route last week. Did you see that? That little like fake post out, and he just cut back to the middle against uh, Marshawn Lattimore, and he gave him like I don't know forty yards. Ridiculous route, and then Darnell Mooney, another good route runner, caught a big touchdown last week. Uh, love this guy. Definitely better than Anthony Miller's. I don't think it's even close at this point. Uh, he's been sitting out there on wires. Actually, you know, I kind of picked him up, dropped him, picked, but I picked him up in a couple leagues this week, and I'm going to use. I'm probably going to use him this week a little, a couple leagues. Shout out to my cousin who kind of put me on to him. Uh, actually, having one of my best ball teams, one or two of my best ball teams. <clears throat> so, you know, way back when, before the season started. So I like Mooney, I like Robinson, um, Jimmy Graham, you know. I mean, could do worse. Could definitely catch a touchdown, but in the middle of the field, he's not doing much. He's more been a goal line presence this year. Um, And then Montgomery, you know, just the usage is crazy. You know, he's getting like 20 touches a game. So you got to throw him out there. It's just the yardage. You just got to hope he scores. You know, and he's never going to break a big run, which is so frustrating. Even if he gets into the open, it's going to be like 40 yards. Like Natron Means getting caught from behind. Actually, Natron Means actually had some juice, I think. I forget. 
<laughs> I'm trying to think if Natron Means ever broke any big runs or if he just like ran over dudes. I have to go back and watch some highlights. Natron Means business. <clears throat> Montgomery Means business too. He just needs some better blocking. Uh, Cole Komet, the rookie tight end, kind of getting the mix a little bit more and more. I had a big drop last week though, or a, a big fumble rather, which hurt the Bears and their overtime loss to the Saints. Uh, blew that game for sure. So the Bears are playing close games. Three-point loss there. They lost to the Rams 24-10, but they beat Carolina on the road 23-16. They also beat Tampa 2019. And then they played kind of an ugly game with the Colts where they lost 19-11. And then Titans 31-20 to the Bengals, which is such a weird game. That game didn't make any sense to me. Lost to Pittsburgh 27-24. Beat Houston 42-36. Beat Buffalo 42-16 and beat Minnesota 31-30. So two losses in a row for both of these teams. I think the Titans do win. But the 6.5, I would roll with the Bears. And then the 46.5, I would take the over. So it's kind of a sneaky... It could be kind of a sneaky stack game if you're going with the Bears and the Titans. Maybe the Titans, you go with A.J. Brown... Tannehill, Henry, and then the Bears, you go with, uh, you throw in like a Mooney Robinson for the Bears, you know, if they get into a shootout with Foles. Sneaky. Could go over 46 and a half. No crazy weather here. Uh, Really like Mooney, really like Robinson. Not as crazy about the Titans receivers this week in this matchup. Bears could win this game outright. Bears can could uh, could give the Titans some problems for sure. For sure, that defensive line is a, a definite advantage over the Titans' offensive line. So, like the Bears, even if you want to take the Bears on the money line, it's not a bad pick either. Get some very good value there. I guess the one thing you could say for the Bears is they have all these offensive line. Injuries, maybe the Titans take advantage of that. But again, they're not getting any pressure. They had the same situation with the Bengals last week. And they didn't do... The Bengals' offensive line was wrecked last week. So, I think that's why you stick with the Bears uh, with the points. Although, I think the Titans may win. The Bears could very well win this game. All right, Panthers at Kansas City. Panthers three and five, two and two on the road. Kansas City seven and one, three and one at home. Last five for Kansas City. Jets thirty-five nine W. Denver forty-three sixteen W. At Buffalo twenty-six seventeen. They were at Denver as well. At Buffalo twenty-six seventeen W. Lost to Vegas 40-32 at home, and they beat New England 26-10. Uh, Panthers last five, lost to the Falcons at home 25-17, which was a weird Thursday night game. Thought Bridgewater performed much better, but I think it was just one of those weird Thursday night games uh, where he kind of struggled. At New Orleans, 27-4 loss. At uh, versus Chicago, 23-16, another loss. So they've dropped three straight. Uh, at Atlanta, 23-16 win. And at uh, home against Arizona, they beat them 31-21. So, like what Teddy Bridgewater is doing this year, 
feel like he's playing pretty well. Nine touchdowns, six picks. So the stats don't look great, but he's doing a pretty decent job. Um, should be throwing a lot in this game. So the weather looks good. 75 degrees. Over-under is 53. Uh, should definitely be throwing a lot. So DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, even Curtis Samuel uh, looks to be getting a little more involved. Joe Brady, uh, the LSU offensive coordinator, is finding more creative ways to use Samuel, whereas last year it was kind of like Samuel down the sideline getting bombs thrown to him, which was, you know, not really. I mean, Samuel could do that, but the problem is, is Kyle Allen really wasn't able to find him. You know, he would overthrow him all the time, so it led to a lot of inconsistency. So they're trying to get Samuel, you know, a little bit closer. Shorter routes, get a little more creative with him. Reverses, handoffs. We saw that handoff last week and very good run. Uh, what he did at Ohio State uh, where he was kind of that hybrid type player. So I think he's in the mix, especially in this matchup. Definitely a decent play. Seasonal and then DFS, of course. Uh, Robbie Anderson, excellent year. DJ Moore could definitely go off in this game uh, as they're chasing points here. And then Christian McCaffrey returns. So... You know, coming back from that uh, ankle injury, the high ankle, I mean, he's been out six, seven weeks now at this point. So you would think he is, I mean, he's like, the guy's a great athlete. You know he worked his ass off to get back. You get a little worried, you know, with the high ankle. It could definitely re-aggravate, might slow him. Maybe it's slowed him down a little bit. Maybe he's... His agility's a little off. Maybe his speed's a little off, but I don't think so. I don't know if with a guy like McCaffrey, maybe a, with a lesser running back. Um, I don't know. I feel like McCaffrey's going to bounce back pretty good here. I don't know if it's going to – it definitely could linger, though. There's always the risk of that, but I feel like it's going to be pretty safe with McCaffrey. And I think they're also not going to be utilizing him just as much. I think they're still going to utilize Davis, so – Whereas before, you may have seen McCaffrey get like 25, 26 touches. Maybe it's more like 18, you know, 17 to 20, something 17, you know, around 20 instead of instead of like sometimes even going to 30 touches. You know, they're really, really using him as a workhorse backward to the point where they weren't even using anybody else. So I think Davis, you know, and that's kind of been the thing of Davis's career. He would come in, be very good for like two or three weeks, and then he would kind of fall out. So I think that's good if he could kind of take a you know a backup kind of role where he can kind of spell McCaffrey a little bit here and there, you know, gain fresh legs and you know make some plays because Davis is a, a decent back. So that and that would definitely benefit McCaffrey. So I think that's what we're going to see here. I think that's the smart thing to do. Uh, does that make Davis a flex? Possibly in this game, maybe a low end flex. Possibly, and especially in CMC's first game back. Still a little risky, and I know most of you are probably keeping Davis for now just to see what happens. Um, you know, hopefully, if you have you have better options, but I mean, this is gonna be a high scoring game, so it's you know, it's not terrible. Uh, so yeah, get all your Panthers going. Bridgewater, I feel like we'll have a pretty decent game, and then on the other side with the Chiefs, you know, Sammy Watkins may return, may not return. Pay attention to that if he does play, I would use him. Um, Kelsey, of course, is a no-brainer. Tyreek Hill, Cole Harmon, yes. Um, Demarcus Robinson, if Watkins plays, is totally out because he takes Watkins' role. Harmon kind of has his own role regardless. 
And then Le'Veon Bell and CEH. So kind of saw almost a 50-50 split, but CEH still played more. Although, like, the beginning of that game, they were just going to Bell all day long. It just kind of, you could kind of felt that Reed wanted to give uh, Bell his reps, you know, in this game. And it was against the Jets. He knew they were going to win. There was no chance they were going to lose. So he just was like, all right, we'll throw Bell out there. We'll keep CEH on the sideline, give him a break. You know, he's our starter, but let's just give Bell, get him into the rhythm. You know, he's going against his former team. Maybe he can score a touchdown, punish him a little bit. That's that's what I kind of think what you saw. So CEH is still the number one guy. I still think it's going to be like a 60-40-70-30 split. I don't think Bell really showed anything crazy as far as you know anything different than he was showing with the Jets. I I don't think he I think he's a shell of his former self. He kind of even hesitates a little too much. He still thinks he has that Pittsburgh offensive line going to open those crazy holes for him. And that's the thing with the Chiefs all year. Their offensive line really hasn't been consistent opening up holes. They've done a little bit better job uh, of late. And then CEH is a guy that not a lot of people are going to use in DFS. So, And he's been robbed of four touchdowns due to penalties. Uh, just cannot get in the end zone. He's killing his fantasy value. But this is the type of game where he could actually have two or three touchdowns. You know, I think that I think that could pop off any week. I mean, how many times have we seen Damian Williams have two, three touchdowns the past couple of years, right? So, you know, CEH I think is going to have games like that. So, still, as trade deadlines are you know coming up, you know, maybe you could squeeze him out tomorrow for a guy. You know, I think it's I think his his buy low is still there, and it you know that may change soon as he gets more comfortable. As the line starts blocking a little bit more, as defenses start to you know try to defend the pass game a little bit more, maybe the run opens up a little bit more. Maybe they start using him in the passing game a little bit more, get a little more creative with him in the pass game, as we see with Damian Williams last year. You know, even every time Ceh has kind of caught a pass this year, I feel like like two guys have surrounded him for some reason. So, been a little unusual. So I feel like you know there's going to be some screens. He's going to make some big plays soon. Um, so the value, if you can get him, go get him and hold, hold on to him for sure. I'm not hitting the panic button, panic button at all, just because Le'Veon Bell is there. Um, but yeah, I would use Le'Veon Bell in this game too, as a, as a decent flex. Um, definitely could get out to a lead, you know, could run a little bell. I'm just, I'm just not too excited about Bell. I'm excited about CEH because I see how he could, He's making guys miss. He's making nice cuts. I'm just not seeing a lot of that at Bell anymore. You know, I'm not. I'm just not excited about Le'Veon Bell anymore. But he could definitely could get into the end zone. He could catch three or four balls. You know, have 40, 50 yards. So it's not a terrible play. Um, <clears throat> the spread on this game is ten and a half. Uh, could be a little sneaky. I mean, the Panthers could definitely cover this number, so I don't feel good about taking the Chiefs at 10.5. I mean, they could definitely smash for sure. Um, Panthers, <laughs> that guy Burns, Ben Burns has kind of been a force for them on their defensive line. Um, and the Chiefs' offensive line is a little bit risky, so, you know, they have a little bit of advantage there. Panthers' D-line against the Chiefs' offensive line. So it could look, cause a little bit of trouble for the Chiefs. I mean, I would definitely lean the Panthers with the 10.5. Just seems like a lot of points, especially since the Panthers can move the ball. Got CMC coming back. Got a lot of weapons on offense. I mean, this might be a game for a little while. <clears throat> it's kind of a sneaky play. The money line is 425. I uh, love the over, 53. 
Give me that all day long. I think that's a great over. Uh, weather doesn't seem to be a fact. A little bit of winds, 10 to 15 miles an hour. Just check that game day, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be a concern. One other note about that Panthers-Chiefs game. Um, just listening to Greg Cosell this week, NFL Films tape guru, <clears throat> says the Panthers play a lot of cover three. And he thinks the Chiefs are just going to abuse that. He said uh, Mahomes may throw five touchdowns this week. So, something of note there. And if there's anybody I trust um, watching film, it's him. It's all the guy does all day long. So, Okay, Giants at Washington. Giants 1-7, and 0-4 in the road. Uh, football team. Almost said skins again. 2-5, two 2-2 and two and two at home. Spread Giants getting two and a half over under 43. Again, looks like good weather here on the East Coast this week. 72 and sunny there in Landover, Maryland. Giants last five battling every week. Tampa 25 23. We saw that at Philly 22 21. Beat Washington um, three weeks ago 2019. Lost to Dallas 37 34. And then lost to. Um, the Rams 17-9. Washington beat up on Dallas 25-3. Total mismatch with their defensive line against uh, that offensive line, the Cowboys, that was so banged up. And Andy Dalton, 2019 against the Giants, 30-10 against the Rams. Uh, losses. Uh, Baltimore lost 31-17. And Cleveland lost 34-20. So, Skins come off the uh, sorry, <laughs> football team comes off the bye. Take me about a year to get used to that. Um, with Kyle Allen as their quarterback, you know Kyle Allen, guy from Carolina last year, some good games. People said he was going to overtake Cam. Um, well, he I guess he technically did because they let go of Cam, so it was kind of a wash, I would say. But you know he he just. He can make plays, but he's just inconsistent. Could run a little bit. He definitely move the ball, but he's gonna miss throws. He's gonna make a lot of bad throws too. And the Giants have been playing so many close games. <clears throat> They've already beat the Skins once. I think they get the win here, and I think the value is with the Giants. I mean, you're getting two and a half. By the way, I'm gonna post my picks. Well, hopefully, I'll post my picks. On my site like I did last week. Yeah, well, I'll try to. Uh, I did it for the first... Last two weeks I've done it. Uh, I started posting my picks. I was 4-5 and five two weeks ago. And then last week I was 7-1. and one. So, hopefully I can keep it rolling here. But Giants look like a, good, like a good pick. If not, I'll put on my Twitter, Fantasy Savvy. Uh, two and a half. You know, Daniel Jones is making a lot of stupid plays. Made a lot of bad throws last week. Not throwing the ball out of bounds. Just forcing throws. He could play better in it. Seven touchdowns, nine picks. Missing slate and left and right. It was a little windy in the Meadowlands, but not really. The wind actually, actually not at that point. The wind had died down. It started to pick up a little bit, but that's not an excuse at all. He was missing too many throws. You know, he's got Shepard back. 
Ingram made a nice, nice catch, redeemed himself from the drop. It was like the same play on the other side of the field. This time he caught it. Uh, Gorman, I thought it was running pretty well. Then all of a sudden they brought an Alfred Morris out of nowhere. <laughs> Freaking guy just won't go away, I guess. I don't know why they're trying to use him. But Freeman's out again, so it's going to be Gallman and, uh, and Alfred Morris. But they're not really blocking for these guys. This is not a good matchup for the running game. The Skins' offensive defensive line has a big advantage here. Um, although the Giants coaches were saying how good Andrew Thomas played last week, and he actually did a pretty good job on Chase Young. Uh, the last time these two teams played. So that is promising. Um, I like Slayton, man. I mean, if, you, if you're an air yards guy, which I'm not really. I'm not really um, but he's getting a ton of bombs. You know, and it's just not connecting. And that's the problem with air yards because, you know, you could say the same thing about Curtis Samuel last year. Oh, his air yards are amazing. But it doesn't matter if the guy, freaking quarterback, can't hit him. It's like you're just going to keep chasing that every week. <laughs> no. It's like when you play backyard football and you're playing with the dudes, a quarterback, like you're running open all the time, but the guy can't find you. So you need, sometimes you need a quarterback change or you just, you know, it's going to take a little while. So, you know, you can't keep chasing every week. But the one thing I would say about Jones and Slayton is we've seen them connect um, in the past. It's just been inconsistent. But Slayton does get open. Um you know, he had that huge catch to sustain, sustain the drive um, against Philly. I mean, against Tampa. You know, made that big play for Jones. But Jones killed them. They should have won that game. If Jones didn't turn the ball over, they would have won. So, I mean, you know, the defensive line matchup for the Skins is definitely an advantage. But I like Slayton. I know a lot of people are going to gear away from him. Uh, I would, I still feel pretty decent about him just because – they can connect at any moment. So I'll roll with it. Tate is an afterthought now. They're talking about he might get benched, Joe Judge said, because he's you know talking smack. You know, he wants the ball more, whatnot. They almost traded him. So I don't know. Seems like th- maybe they roll Pettis this week, man. I mean, he might be the ultimate, ultimate sneaky DFS play. He's probably gonna be like two hundred bucks. I mean, Dante Pettis is a guy that I absolutely loved. Um you know, great route runner, just technician out there, but he's just a little bit soft, always kind of getting hurt. Um, so I don't know if he even plays this week. We'll see. You know, I doubt it, but if he's playing, maybe use him. You know, it's it's just risky. It's a shot in the dark, but it sounds like Tate might not play. So if Tate doesn't play and they activate Pettis, definitely something to look into. Ingram, I think he's going to get better. As these matchups get better and better for the Giants, their schedule gets pretty, pretty easy. Going forward now, they've played a lot of tough games to start the year. Definitely eases up now after this Tampa game. And Ingram, I think, is a buy-low candidate. You know, we kind of see him get going last week a little bit. So I think he's going to get better and better as the season goes on. Still one of the most athletic tight ends in the league, uh, fastest tight ends in the league. Uh, you know, he hasn't played much football the past two years because of his injuries. So you got to be patient. You know, sometimes it takes these guys a couple years. I remember Vernon Davis back in the long time ago. It took him like three or four years to finally pop off. Uh, loved that guy when he first came out. Just, you know, they just got to learn learn the game, you know. Um, so I think Ingram will be fine. I think he's a buy-low candidate. 
Uh, then Sterling Shepard, yeah, roll him. I like it. Uh, you know, he's looked good out there. Running game, stay away. Daniel Jones, can't trust. But, you know, he could have a decent game still. He's getting those running yards. Seems like he's breaking a big run every, like, three or four games. Uh, Kyle Allen, no. Antonio Gibson, yes, coming off the bye. Uh, Jake McKissick, you know, decent flex. He's still getting a lot of work catching balls every game. So, you know, maybe he catches four or five balls for 40 yards, gets in the end zone here. Not crazy about it. Gibson's the only guy I really, really trust. And then McLaurin, yeah, Bradbury maybe matches up with him um, <clears throat> this week. But, you know, I, I was – Bradbury – he didn't look so great against the Bucs last week. And McLaurin can win that matchup. And McLaurin had a pretty good game last week. Last time they played a couple weeks ago, I think he had like 70, 80 yards. So not worried. But McLaurin is one of my favorite receivers in the league. He's a technician. Guy, can, he does everything. Can separate, go up and get it. Can run after the catch. Can route run. Good hands. Just a very, just beautiful receiver to watch out there. Um, Steven Sims returns. Is he going to be like a sneaky play? Eh, maybe, you know, he's not going to do too much. Logan Thomas, not a big Logan Thomas guy. Again, the over-under in this game is 43, so we're not expecting a lot of points here. You know, the running game is going to be flat probably from both teams. Gibson, he could get, he could hit 100 yards. You know, he may get a lot of work again. He may get 20 carries again. So he could hit 100. He could break some big runs. He might get a couple catches, but the Giants defensive line, pretty man, they're they're good. I like what they're doing. Skins, uh, you know, Kyle Allen's probably gonna take some sacks this week. Might fumble a couple times. I like the Giants in this game, so I'll roll with Slayton. I'll roll with Shepard. I'll roll with Ingram. No running game for the Giants. Daniel Jones is a a low end two quarterback league play. Uh, not terrible in two quarterback leagues. Kyle Allen's a uh, low end two quarterback league. I'd rather start Jones over Allen for sure. Uh, McLaurin is a no brainer, and Gibson is a no brainer. And outside of that, that's really it. I'll take the Giants. This is going to be one of my plays this week, plus two and a half. And the over under 43, I could see it squeezing over, but I'd probably lean under, um, if anything. And I'll just add one more thing about Dante Pettis. Um, Dynasty, go grab him if he's out there. Keeper league, maybe. You know, he could have a, a little bit of a, a redemption here with the Giants. I just feel like oh, similar to the way Arians treats Ronald Jones, Shanahan always treated Pettis like crap out there. I mean, the dude just cut him when they had like nobody at receiver. So, you know, he, he just had enough. So we'll see what Pettis could do with the Giants. It may be a, a redemption tour here. So just something to watch. Okay, Lions three and four, three one on the road. Vikings two and five, zero and three at home. Matthew Stafford was on the COVID list. He was in close contact with somebody, never tested positive. So as long as he clears the next couple weeks, um, I mean, next couple weeks, we're getting late here, folks. Next couple days. He should be fine to start, which would be great, great news for him against the Vikings. Uh, Vikings last five, 
Lost to Green Bay 28-22. I'm sorry. Beat Green Bay 28-22 last week on the road. Lost to Atlanta 40-23 at home. Um, lost to Seattle on the road 27-26. Beat Houston on the road 31-23. And lost to Tennessee 31-30. So Vikings playing a lot of close games. Uh, Lions last five. Beat up by the Colts 41-21. One at Atlanta, 23-22. One at Jacksonville, 34-16. Lost to the Saints at home, 35-29. And one at Arizona, 26-23. So hopefully Stafford plays. Otherwise, we're going to be seeing Chase Daniel, which would be a disaster. Uh, I really don't want to see that. In in, in that case, you know, God love the Vikings. And the spread is currently at four. And if Chase Daniel comes in, it might jump to seven. Stafford plays, um, I think I would lean Lions. Galladay's going to be out here. You know, DeAndre Swift is, you know, getting more of a mix, but Peterson's still in there. They're still using on Johnson. It's just frustrating. You'd like to see them shift more towards Swift, but they're just kind of using that three-man backfield still. Uh, but you can use Swift, you know. It's just, it's just his upside is going to be limited with uh, this mix. And then Peterson, you know, you're just hoping if you're going to start him, you know, if you're really desperate, uh, you're just hoping he gets in the end zone. Because even if he gets 16, 17 carries, he's going to get like, what, 70, 80 yards. So it's going to be seven, eight points tops. So if he doesn't get in the end zone, he's not going to do anything. He's not really catching any passes. So that's it. Uh, Hawkinson's been pretty good. Been scoring over 50 yards like the past four or five weeks, so he's been consistent. Again, getting in the end zone, so it's helping. Uh, Galladay's out, so it's going to be Marvin Jones, Amendola, uh, and Marvin Hall. And I went back and watched Marvin Hall, and I actually like this guy. Speedster, uh, actually pretty crafty. Um, running deep routes and kind of giving like a little shimmy like deep on a deep-ass post, so... Getting open, that touchdown he scored was all all him, I thought, on that move he made on the corner. So I like him. And uh, Stafford's got the arm to get him the ball. A 4-3 guy. I like him. I like him. I, I'm actually even more excited about him uh, over than Marvin Jones uh, this week. But, uh, yeah, Marvin Jones is a good play with, with Galladay out for sure. Uh, even Amendola is not terrible in this game. Um, over on there in this game currently at 52 if Stafford plays uh, you can see it going over but I'm still not crazy about it if Stafford doesn't play gotta take the under it'll definitely drop on the on the Viking side you know, they threw the ball 14 times last week. So Jefferson Thielen, Irv Smith even didn't do anything. Uh, well, not Irv Smith hasn't been doing anything all year, but none of the, none of those guys did anything because the Vikings just ran all over the place with Dalvin Cook, uh, which was surprising because it was his first game back from that groin injury. And I guess that rest just really helped him because he came back and just beasted completely, went absolutely nuts. Uh, I thought they were going to use Madison a little bit. Maybe Mike Boone mixed it in. I was completely wrong on that. They just went Cook, and he rocked and rolled and dominated. So Cook, you know, such a good back, such a great back. If you have him, just enjoy while he's healthy. You know, that's the only one issue with him. He kind of 
misses a couple games each year, but <clears throat> and he may get banged up again. But when he's out there, he's just killing it. Uh, so he's a no-brainer every single week. Um, <clears throat> another good matchup for him, especially if uh, Stafford's out. You know, they're probably just going to run the hell out of him again. So in that in that aspect, um, DFS, he's probably going to be worth the price. Probably worth the price regardless because you just know what you're going to get. Um, <clears throat> and then Thielen, Jefferson, you like them to bounce back this week. Even Irv Smith, I mean... He only had one catch last week, but he ran a ton of routes. So he's definitely overtaking Kyle Rudolph, uh, running a ton of routes. I think he played like 80% of the snaps. So you could even trust him in this game in a good matchup. Um, and sneaky play if you're in a tight end premium league, maybe you want to go pick him up and use him. Could definitely have a nice day. Uh, the four, like I said, if Stafford plays, I'll go with the Lions. And then the over-under, 52. I'm not crazy about it either way. Okay, Raiders at Chargers. Raiders four and three, three and one on the road as we're into the four o'clocks now. Chargers two and five, one and two at home. So many devastating losses. Last five. Denver 31-30. Beat Jacksonville 39-29. Lost to the Saints in overtime 30-27. Lost to Tampa 38-31. Um, lost to Carolina 21-16. Raiders last five. Beat Cleveland 16-6. In that crazy weather game last week. Lost to Tampa 45-20. One at Kansas City 40-32. Lost to Buffalo 30-23. Lost to New England 36-20. Joey Bosa will be out. Oakland has those two tackles that are out. Uh, Trent Brown with the COVID. uh, And um, the other guy with the the left tackle um, is injured as well. So... A little bit banged up, but again, good news that Bosa is out. Um, Brian Edwards returns. Again, we said, I'm talking about the injuries. Go pick him up. The talent is there. Could very well pop off this week. Maybe not, but definitely a guy to add. The talent is there. The opportunity is there. It could definitely take the second receiver here. Aguilar probably takes a step down, so I don't even trust Aguilar anymore. Despite him catching those deep passes every once in a while, forget about it. We know who Aglor is. Um, Henry Ruggs, could he go off in this game? Yes. Casey Hayward is questionable also. So we'll see if he plays. If he doesn't play with Chris Harris already out, good spot for Ruggs. Either way, I like Ruggs. Um, You know, that game last week, just crazy, crazy wins. They step into L.A. weather now. Completely different story, although it may get a little rain. Um, but doesn't look crazy, 60 degrees. So could definitely see Carr, who's been going deep a lot more this year, hitting rugs. Waller, of course. Jacob's been struggling, has a little bit of a knee injury, had an illness too, so something to pay attention to Sunday. But, by all, you know, sounds like he's going to be fine to go. Um, but, you know, he's kind of been struggling, you know, with his yards per carry, but getting a ton, a ton of work. He's, a, he's definitely a workhorse back. Could definitely, uh, still has five touchdowns in the year. Could definitely uh, score again in this game and get close to 100 total yards. Got to use him. And then Justin Herbert's been actually absolutely uh, great. I'm in a dynasty league, and I drafted Allen two years ago. Um, and Or three years ago, whatever it was. 
And this year I drafted Herbert, and I didn't ever think I was going to be able to use Herbert. I actually used him over Josh Allen last week. You know, I was thinking about maybe Allen, but with Gilmore out and everything. But in that weather, I was like, all right, we'll go Herbert. And Herbert smashed again. Been great in making Keenan Allen relevant again. Mike Williams, you know, it seems like he's going to be an inconsistent option, but had a great game last week. And you'd like to see more out of that out of him because Williams has just the talent to do that every week. So maybe we'll see that. Williams might be out there in your waiver wire. Go grab him. Good matchup this week. Uh, Hunter Henry, Kelly, not Kelly, Hunter Henry, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Troy Main Pope came in, played out. You know, they kind of took a step back. Kelly kind of took a step back. Tremaine Pope was playing a lot. He was even playing towards the end of the game over Jackson. Uh, had a good game, 95 total yards. Caught four or five balls. Uh, but he's going to be out with concussion, so it's going to be Justin Jackson. It looks like Jackson's going to take the number one role. Good matchup here. Jackson had a great, uh, very good game last week. Uh, and I don't think Austin Eckler's coming back. He was looking at the injury report. He was running on a anti-gravity treadmill which is like a very rare, rare treadmill for like specialized injuries. It puts very, very little pressure. Uh, so Eckler's injury was he tore a piece of his a piece of his hamstring, tore off the bone. So I was listening to one doctor. He says he can maybe come back in two or three weeks uh, and play. But at that point, they're two and five. They might be out of playoff contention. It just might be smart just to you know, sit him out till next year. You know, I don't think they want to rush him back. So he's, I think he's leaning on not coming back this year. Eckler. So that's why when Jackson was a free agent, I was stressing, go pick him up. Because not only uh, if Eckler came back, I was I was still thinking that he could outproduce Kelly. Because Kelly started out good, but then he kind of had to fall out a little bit. Then he was fumbling. His yards per carries have been down. Um, you know, they're saying he's running timid, so he's kind of taking a step back here. So it's going to be Jackson. Kelly's going to still be in the mix here, but Jackson's going to be the main guy. Good spot for him this week. Get him in your lineups. And then Troy Man Pope, if he's out there, you know, maybe a guy cuts him because he's got the concussion. Uh, maybe somebody cuts him this week, you know, because they need something else. Make sure you go pick him up because he could definitely be a factor. Um, and he kind of fits that Eckler mode, that, Ek- that Eckler role. Uh, for the Chargers. So he could be a factor the rest of the year too. And I think he will be. Um, and then Kelly's going to be the guy phased out. So I would use Jackson. I'm not crazy about Kelly, although he may get 10 touches in this game. Um, maybe a very low-end flex, but I like Jackson a lot. Uh, Keenan Allen, of course, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, Herbert once again, Carr, Ruggs, Jacobs, Waller, and then Wait and see on Brian Edwards, I would th- I would say. But, <clears throat> you know, if you need help, it might not be terrible. He's going to be itching to go. He's well-rested. So they also said that he's been, you know, in the film room a lot with the coaches, studying the game tape. So he's very prepared, which is a great sign. Uh, so maybe he's ready to go, rearing to go, and could have a good game this week, especially if Casey Hayward's out. That's a bonus with Joey Bosa out too. So, um, not terrible. Then Aguilar is the one guy I would stay away from. Um, the spread in this game is Chargers minus one. 
Very, very close game. Over-under is 51 and a half. So there you go. So Brian Edwards, a little more juice to him. Um, Over-under is 51 and a half. Wow, that's high. Chargers defense, you know, they got all this talent on paper, but they're letting up a lot of points. 30 to 31 to Denver, 29 to Jacksonville. Uh, no, 30 to the Saints the week before that. And I think the Saints had a bunch of injuries that week. Um, so 38 to the Bucks. So, you know, I don't know what's going on with their defense. It seems like, you know, on paper it looks so much better than what they're producing. So Bolts is out this week. So maybe that over-under does make sense. 51 and a half. Uh, Carr and um, Herbert going back and forth. Uh, man. Tough game to pick. Very tough game. I'm just going to I'm going to stay away from this game completely. I really don't have a pick uh in this game. If I had to pick the Chargers have been losing so many close games. I feel like the Raiders are better well coached with Gruden uh over Lynn. Um Chargers have the better quarterback, better receivers. Although, you know, the Raiders have good receivers too. Oh man, like I said, I don't know. It's a tough game to pick. If anything, maybe I would just lean the over, but I'm not even crazy about that. Okay, 7-0 Steelers. 3-0 on the road against the 2-6 Cowboys. 2-2 at home. Big story here is Andy Dalton's on the COVID list. Ben DiNucci was... Did not look like he belonged. Uh, the Cowboys were coming out with <laughs> wildcats and all sorts of craziness and nonsense. You know, Danucci was trying to do what he could, but just really couldn't even throw out routes, and it was just it was just a mess. So they have a decision here between Garrett Gilbert, Gallard, Garrett Gilbert, or Cooper Rush. Who they signed off the practice practice squad, who was a backup in prior years. But I think if Mike McCarthy's smart, and I think he used Danucci last week because he had his brother found Danucci, so I feel like he had something there. But it was a mistake. They should have went to Gilbert last week. I think Gilbert's the best quarterback left on this team. He may even be better than Dalton. Um, watch some tape for this guy from the preseason with the Browns and the Panthers. Pretty good arm. Um, decent pocket awareness. Uh, can move a little bit, get out of the pocket, fairly accurate. I, don't, I, I mean, he didn't look terrible to me. Kind of looked like his upside, I mean, his ceiling is like a uh, maybe um, Joe Flacco light when Joe Flacco was like in his prime uh, or maybe like a young Joe Flacco, maybe like, and then uh, his floor maybe I guess is like a Brandon Whedon, um, you know, rocking that number three. Uh, playing for Cleveland and Dallas, which Whedon did. He played for Cleveland and Dallas, was drafted by Cleveland. Um, but interesting thing about this guy, 6'4", 230. So a big guy, strong arm, born in Buffalo, 29 years old. Um, was drafted by the Rams in the sixth round of the 2014 NFL Draft. He's the son of former NFL quarterback Gail Gilbert. Gail Gilbert. Uh, the one thing you could see here is he never really made it in the NFL, so he went to the uh, AAF, which was with the XFL back in 2019, but before it went debunked. Um, but he led the league in yards and passer rating, 
and helped his team obtain a 7-1 record and playoff berth. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive. I mean, he was pretty much the best quarterback statistically in that league. So, I mean, obviously the NFL is a different story. But, like I said, from what I saw from him, uh, I didn't think he was too bad. Uh, he went to Texas, I believe. Oh, no. Yeah, he played college football at Texas and SMU. Uh, I didn't watch any of his college highlights, just some of his preseason stuff. And some he played in a couple – Yeah, he had some snaps in the regular season too, but – I feel like he can make the Cowboys receivers relevant again. So I think it's somewhat good news for Amari Cooper, somewhat good news for um, um, CeeDee Lamb and, and Michael Gallup. Uh, interesting, you know, this is obviously a rough matchup here against Pittsburgh, um, arguably the best defense in the league. Um, you know, with their pass rush, Bud Dupree and the Cowboys. Um offensive line woes this year, obviously. Uh, but I think he can make these guys relevant. Maybe even Schultz becomes relevant again. Uh, but at the same time, the only two guys I would maybe use, if you wanted to use Cooper again, you could maybe squeeze it. I don't feel great about it, but if you're desperate, I mean, you drafted Cooper high, you could throw him out there this week. Uh, and then maybe CeeDee Lamb. As far as the running game, you know, we don't know if Zeke's going to play with his hamstring. Again, I think it's smart if they just sit him out this week, let him get healthy. They have a bye next week. They're not going to win this game. This is just like a, a, a project game with Gilbert to see what he could do. So might as well sit him out, give Pollard some reps. He's fresh. You know, Zeke's had a ton of carries over the past, you know, in his career. So maybe just give him a rest here, let him get healthy. And I think that's what we might see happen. Or if Zeke does play, uh, it might be a 50-50 split. Or maybe he gets most of the bulk in the first two quarters. And then as the Cowboys are fading out of this game, uh, they just shift towards Pollard. So I don't think you can use Zeke this week. I don't feel good about it. But at the same time, if Gilbert's moving the football and Zeke is playing, maybe he gets into the end zone. So I guess if he if they say he's starting... He could be a flex play. I just I don't see much upside from him this week, um, unless Gilbert really shows out, which I think he may have a decent game. I mean, maybe he throws for two hundred fifty and a touchdown or two, but with like two picks, you know, or a pick or two and a fumble. So, but I think you may see some decent things from him this week, um, based on just you know his past in the, in the AAF league and and. Uh, what I saw from him in the preseason in the NFL. The other side, uh, James Connors probably going to get a lot of looks. But also, I think, you know, they feel like they're going to be able to win this game pretty easily. So, might see a little more Benny Snell and Anthony McFarlane. Even Jalen Samuels, who's been playing, seems like, even more than Benny Snell and McFarlane in the past couple weeks. Uh, I think Benny Snell has, like, five touches the past three games. But... You could see them getting into the mix more, especially in the second half. Um, so for DFS purposes, might be a cheap little fill in there. Um, Claypool, Schuster, Deontay, Ebron. You know, obviously going to use Ben. You know, he could have three or four touchdowns in the first half here. So that's why you want to get all these guys in. Who's going to do it? Um, 
It could be Johnson or Claypool. Those would be the two guys. You know, Juju, I think, is kind of the third guy. James Washington is kind of being phased out now with the emergence of Claypool. But, you know, he's talented in his own right. If you're a smart GM, you know, I would have tried to make a deal for James Washington. You know, try to get him out of there. You know, maybe teams tried, though, and the Steelers didn't want to give him up. Or maybe the offers weren't good enough. So, possible, too. And then Ebron. You know, probably not going to get a ton of volume uh, in this game. The Pittsburgh might be running a lot in the second half. But, you know, he could score, in, you know, maybe one or two touchdowns in the first half, too. So, not a bad play this week at all against this Cowboys defense. has just been struggling mightily uh, all season long. And Pittsburgh is favored by 14 and a half here in Dallas. I don't, I mean, you know what? I'm going to take the points with Dallas. I'm going to take the points. Um, I'm going to say Garrett Gilbert throws a touchdown at the end of the game to get the cover. You heard it here first. And then the over-under, 42 and a half, I'm going to take the over too. I think that's a sneaky un- over there. Um, I feel like. Pittsburgh will probably put up in the 30s, 30, 33, 34, 37. And then what are the, the Cowboys aren't going to get shut out. I think this over-under is way too low. Give me the overall day on this one. I like it. I guess they figure Gilbert's going to do absolutely nothing. But I don't think that's the case. I think he could draw some pass interferences if he's throwing it up. I feel like he could throw it up to Gallup. Gallup can come down with it. So, Let's go. Give me the Cowboys. Give me the Cowboys plus 14 and a half and give me the over of 42 and a half. Okay, interesting game here. Four and three Dolphins, two and one on the road against the Cardinals, five and two, two and one at home. Um, nobody has been able to solve uh, Kyler Murray um, as far as running the ball. He's just running over every single team. Uh, coming off the bye uh, two weeks before that. Beating Russ in overtime, which nobody really does uh, at home uh, in you know Arizona, not in Seattle, but still, um, you always expect Russ to pull that out, and Murray was the one who did it. Uh, beat up on Dallas, thirty-eight ten. Beat up on the Jets, thirty to ten. Lost to Carolina, thirty-one twenty-one, and then lost to the Lions, twenty-six twenty-three. So looking at their schedule. They lost to Detroit. They lost to Carolina by 10. They beat the Jets, big whoop. Beat the Dallas, big whoop. But, you know, beat Seattle. But Seattle's defense stinks. They just couldn't stop Murray. Um, It was just an absolute shootout. So now we get Miami's defense, who has suddenly emerged um, after getting blown out by San Francisco, 43-17. They did a great job against the Jets, shutting them out 24-0. And then Jared Goff, they were just turning him over, getting pressure on him all day. They have the second best uh, or third best um, pressure rate in the NFL right now, the Dolphins. So their defense is definitely underrated uh, despite, you know, Jets, Rams, okay. Not big-time offenses, but the Rams are pretty crafty in offense. Still put up 17, but they won that game because of defense. Um, They lost to Seattle. Uh, early October, 31-23, and then they beat Jacksonville, 31-13. So their defense has been playing pretty well. Now, they get a test here against Arizona. Um, can they slow down Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray was kind of hitting on all cylinders last week, not just running, uh, but throwing as well. Um, just have absolute fantasy, uh, sensational uh, fantasy season. 13 touchdowns, 7 picks. 
Uh, got another four or five running, I think. Um, you know, Drake is going to be out. It's going to be Chase Edmonds. So he's probably going to get 20 touches. And he's going to really have nobody else, I don't believe. So it's going to be all Edmonds. They're going to use him in the passing game. Um, they're gonna. He's going to be the main ball carrier. So before that, he was kind of the pass guy. And Drake was the, the runner. And they weren't giving Drake any work in the pass game, which was a mistake because you get Drake in the open field and he could burn out. And, you know, that's why Edmonds was kind of looking a bit better because he was getting those catches in the open field, you know, make, being able to make moves. It looked a little bit better, you know, they, as far as the running, I don't think either of them, it was pretty close. I mean, the, the Cardinals offensive line really wasn't open up too many holes, so I don't expect Edmonds to have much running room um, here. Although the Dolphins defense, their their weakness is their run defense, their secondary is their strength with Howard. And um, Byron Jones, who have been excellent for them. Um, so... You know, I think Edmonds probably does a little more work in the pass game, but he's going to get so much volume. Um, even if he finishes with 80 total yards, he probably have like four or five catches and definitely could get in the end zone, so the volume is going to be there. Um, and, you know, there's some upside there as well. Hopkins might have a little bit of a tough matchup here. Let's see how these corners play here. I'm not too thrilled with it. Um, you know? I mean, Hopkins could win against these corners. Uh, you could just throw it up to him. He'll probably catch five, six, seven passes for 60, 70 yards. But his upside may be limited here. Um, so not not too excited about it. But, you know, Hopkins could definitely win out and go over 100 and beast these guys too. So that's why you start him regardless. Um, Christian Kirk, Fitzgerald, not crazy about it. Andy Isabella, interestingly enough, played 50% of the snaps so he got uh, before their bye. So he got an uptick. Something to watch there. Maybe they want to use his speed a little bit more. Uh, maybe they're going to try to phase out Fitzgerald a little bit more. We'll have to see about that. No significant tight end still in Arizona, so nothing, absolutely nothing to use there. Um, so Murray, Edmonds, Hopkins, mm, that's it. This is not a primetime matchup. I mean... I'm probably going to use the Dolphins' defense here. I think they're going to do a pretty good job. I think they may force some turnovers, maybe get a pick or two on Murray, and maybe limit this offense a little bit. Um, on the other side, you know, Tua got the first start. Went back and watched all his snaps. Yeah, he missed a couple throws, but there was like four or five drops. Preston Williams dropped a couple. Gaskin dropped a couple. Um, so, you know, and, they, and their defense was kind of – playing great, and they got that kickoff return or punt return from Jakeem Grant. So it was just like they weren't really playing fast-paced. They are running. They're just kind of There was a lot of dink and dunks, nothing really too deep down the field. But I thought Tua made some good throws. They did a lot of rollouts. It was his first game. So this is actually a pretty good matchup here against Arizona. And he may bounce back here. So after, you know, his slow rookie game. I mean, you can't expect too much, but maybe in this game he runs for 20, 30, 40 yards. Maybe runs in one. Maybe throws two touchdowns and throws for 200. You know, maybe he throws a pick too, but I see a decent fantasy day for Tua here. Uh, Preston Williams, I don't know. He seems kind of rusty out there. Parker doesn't seem like he's all the way. I don't know. Parker seems like 
he's just like in La La Land sometimes. I think that's the issue with him. Um, so we'll see. You know, Peter, he's probably going to be matched up with Peterson. Kirkpatrick's out, so Williams may have the advantage. But then again, Peterson maybe switches on both. We'll see if Peterson follows Parker. That seems most likely since he did that to Medcalf a few weeks ago. So Williams might be the guy. Maybe want to bench Parker this week. Um, and then they just traded Isaiah Ford to the Patriots. And I think they did that because they have a few guys um, here that they like with Jakeem Grant and then also Malcolm Perry. Uh, Malcolm Perry is the quarterback from Navy who's athletic, dude, very athletic. Uh, he probably will work into the mix a little bit. You can get creative with him. Lynn Bowden's another, you know, one of those hybrid-type guys out of Kentucky, kind of like that Randall Cobb guy, but he's on the COVID list, so he's out. So we'll see if uh, Malcolm Perry and Jakeem Grant Get a little more burn in the pass game this week. And maybe one of these guys has a pretty good game. Um, it's definitely possible. So that's a sneaky DFS play, especially with Parker being lined up against Peterson. And then Williams. But then, you know, we could see Parker on, on Preston Williams, too. I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen there. So not so crazy. It's tough to say because if if – if Parker is matched up against Peterson, then Preston Williams might be open, especially with Kirkpatrick out. So Preston Williams could be the guy this week. But then maybe maybe Peterson goes on Williams, and then Parker's the guy. So maybe you just throw both guys out there and feel pretty decent about it with the matchup. You know, it's two in his second game, though, so it's it's not it's not great. You know, it's just not great. Gusecki might be the best play, actually, out of the three. Uh, maybe Gusecki's the best play. Um... And then the running back situation, what do you do? Gaskin's hurt. Matt Breida's hurt. It's going to be Jordan Howard, Patrick Laird, and a guy that I recently just basically uh, got put onto. Um, this dude, Salvin Ahmed, uh, another back out of Washington, just like uh, Gaskin. Uh, watching him, and he was Gaskin's backup. Um, then Gaskin left, he took over, and he was pretty good back, man. Uh, good speed, seems like he could break tackles, good receiver out of the backfield. I guess the one thing you're uncertain about is, you know, can he really pass protect, but is he better player than Patrick Laird? I think so. So he might be a, he might be the, the guy that emerges this week, uh, Ahmed. So that is going to be, my ultimate, ultimate number one sneak play DFS play of the week is Salvin Ahmed. You can get him for two hundred bucks. Um, put him in a few lineups, maybe a little bit, you know, of cheaper lineup. Nothing crazy, nothing over twenty bucks. Um, but maybe if you want to do it, hey, I just feel like you know it could be Laird and Howard too. But Laird's got that ankle injury, right? So you know, Breed is out. Gaskin's out. Lair's got the ankle injury. It could be a med. I mean, what's Howard going to do? He's not going to catch passes out of the backfield. You know, he's probably going to get maybe 10 carries. But maybe a med gets the ball early and, and, and does well and stays in the game. And he's another Washington back. And if you watch his tape, he's very similar to Gaskin. They look similar on tape. So... 
I mean, Gaskin was awesome in college. I mean, uh, what I saw from Ahmed, he was solid too. And that's a, you know, he's playing against Oregon. He's played some good teams, and he's and he's and he's rocking out. So pay attention to this guy, Salvin Ahmed. If he's out there, and you you know, if you got some garbage, go pick him up. He may have some fantasy relevance for a couple weeks. So as far as this game, I like. Uh, I'm going to take the points with the Dolphins, four and a half. Everybody's going to take the Cardinals. Well, I think most people will. They're going to look at the box score last week, say Tua sucked, struggled on offense. Uh, Cardinals are rocking and rolling. They'll get it done. They'll score the points. Um, you know, Tua's going to be fired up for this game. He's going to want to show what he can do here uh, going against Murray. And I think he'll play pretty well. And I think they'll surprise here on offense. And I think the Dolphins' defense – most notably, the Dolphins' secondary is going to give Murray some problems. Again, he probably will get his rushing yards, and that's what he's been doing all year. He's you know he's going like first, second down, you know, and like third and longs, and he'll just run for a first down, extend drives. So, I like the Dolphins four and a half. I think they may win this game. Um, you know, they may pick Murray off once or twice. Maybe they even control him on the ground too. I think. Uh, I like the coach for the Dolphins. Yeah, I think he's a better coach. Flores being a New Jersey guy. Um, so, you know, over Cliff Kingsbury, I think he's a better coach. And, you know, he's done a great job with this team. And, and the Dolphins are for real. I mean, it's so crazy to say. You know, the Bills and the Dolphins all of a sudden are for real. And the Patriots have taken a step back. The Jets still suck, so nothing changes there. Um but it's been a long time coming for the Bills and the Dolphins. And so I think they get this win. Regardless, I'm taking the four and a half. And then the 48 and a half, um, the under. I think that's too high. Definitely see a defensive game here. Um, 27, 20, or more like a 23, 20. Probably like that, uh, 24-21, something like that. So like the Dolphins, think Tua plays a little bit better this week. Uh, watch out for this guy, Ahmed, Salvan Ahmed, uh, Miles Gaskin, very similar back to him, small, shifty, decent uh, speed, ran a 4-6, but his tape looks much faster than that. And could break some tackles. Good receiver out of the backfield, just like Gaskin is. So, obviously, Washington kind of recruited similar backs there. And then Parker Williams is kind of tricky because of the Peterson issue. Uh, it seems like Williams might be the better option because Peterson will be on Parker. But, again, I don't mind using either of these guys. Again, the over-under is 40 and a half, even though I think it's going to be under. Uh, but, again, Gasecki is probably the safe play. Um, and then Malcolm Perry. Or Jakeem Grant may make some noise here in DFS. Uh, on the other side with the Cardinals, Malcolm Perry. Look at his tape at Navy. Guys uh, making some crazy runs. And then Jakeem Grant, we know what he could do. So even if you if you roll the Dolphins D, you always get that bonus of Jakeem Grant taking one to the house. And sometimes when these guys return one, they get another one the next week. You know, we've seen that in the past too. So it could happen. Uh, and then the Cardinals, you know, Edmonds just because of the volume, but I don't see it, you know, a blowout game from him really. Uh, Murray, of course, just because of the rushing yards, he could run for a hundred easy. 
uh, even if he doesn't have a big passing day or run one or two in. And then uh, Hopkins, of course. And then I think that's it. One note, like I said, Andy Isabella played 50% of the snaps. So, you know, maybe he gets more burn this week. And he's the one guy that can kind of be tricky in the slot there and create mismatches with his speed. Uh, Kirk can do that too. So, um, you know, Isabella or Kirk, maybe if you want to roll there, not so terrible. And then nothing of note for the Cardinals at tight end. Again, Miami might pull this upset. I like the four and a half. And then the 48 and a half, I'm going to lean under and maybe even take the under things. Okay, New Orleans at Tampa. Again, looks like there's going to be a little bit of weather here. This is probably the most, seems like this might be the most significant weather game of the week. Um, Looks like 15 to 25 mile an hour winds with some rain. Although this game goes later, so um, those storms could definitely pass on. The rain can go away, but it looks like 50-60% precipitation. How hard it's going to be, we don't know. So um, just kind of look at that Sunday morning and see what the, the forecast is saying. Maybe want to lean away from Drew Brees if the weather is getting a little bit more risky uh, against Tampa Bay here with his shoulder injury against Tampa Bay, even though he's getting his weapons back. Um, but, you know, he seems like he's been fair, fared pretty well. Even last week was supposed to be a tough match if the weather wasn't supposed to be great uh, against the Bears. And he had a good game. You know, didn't didn't start out so hot, but then he came on towards the end. So, in some ways, you can argue the Bears' defense is you know as tough as the Bucks. Uh, even though the Bucks have a little more overall uh, balance on their D. Uh, but again, getting Thomas back should be you know rearing to go. Getting Sanders back, uh, maybe even Marcus Callaway, who looked pretty good a couple weeks ago. But you know, how much burn does he get? Maybe does he play over Traquan Smith? I don't know. Either way, they're irrelevant. Um, so we'll see, you know, it's, it's a good sign. You know, he still has Kamara. He could dump it off to Jared Cook's been playing a little bit better. So Thomas is back. You're going to use him. I don't care. You know, that's it. The guy's one of the best in the league. You're using him hundred percent, not the best matchup, but you know, breeze shoulder injury. We'll see what this breeze shoulder injury is. It's maybe it's nothing. I don't know. Uh, it didn't seem to really, I didn't really see anything last week. I don't know why they popped it up on the, the game, you know, Injury this week, I don't know. We'll have to see. But I, I think it'll be all right. I think Breeze can give you, you know, 250, two touchdowns. I think he can easily do that this week, uh, despite the matchup and this supposed shoulder injury. So Sanders, Thomas, yes. Kamara, of course. Murray, no. Uh, you know, I know Murray was – people were kind of thinking he was in play the last couple of weeks, but didn't really do anything, so can't use him. Um Jared Cook, you know, he's been playing pretty well. So I think you, you roll him out there, especially with the, the limited amount of decent tight ends. The Bucks, you know, Brady was a little off last week, but uh, they got it going towards the end. Gronk's been one of the best tight ends the last three or four weeks, other than Kelsey. Um, you know, he's been scoring, like, I think he has three games in a row now with a touchdown. So, you know, it took him, like, what, four or five, like, five or six weeks to get going. He was like, you know, you know. I'm, I think I cut him in a couple leagues and I had to get him back. I was waiting on him, waiting on him. The good thing I got him in some best ball too. He's really coming on now. So I got to get him in there. Um, Godwin looks like he's going to play. Yes, going to use him. And then even um, Tony O'Brown. I mean, he's sleeping at freaking Brady's house, which is crazy. 
but, you know, it shows Brady just trying to be a good guy, you know, give the guy a second chance. And it seemed like Russ was going to do the same thing in Seattle. So, you know, you pray for Brown. You know, he's had a lot of battles and you know, a lot of craziness going on in his life. You know, he's still got some court cases pending. And, you know, he could play for two weeks and then you know, the NFL finds something and suspends him. But, you know, I think maybe for, for now, I didn't, I didn't go after him in any leagues because, I don't know, I just didn't want that. I wasn't trying to chase that, you know. Uh, I don't know. I didn't. I mean, the the guy is, you know, two years ago. I think it's been like almost a year since he played, or over a year. Um, you know, he's one of the most talented receivers in the league. You know, and he was just, he was almost at like a level. He was just at like such an elite level. The way his route running and his hands and the way just everything just. Just an absolute beast. He was a fantasy winner. Um, so, you know, he might just come out here and catch four or five balls right off the pop. And for 60, 70 yards and maybe a score. But, you know, with God, Godwin, Evans, Gronk, um, Scotty Miller, you know, maybe he only catches two balls for 25 yards this week. We don't really know. And Arian said, maybe we'll, maybe we'll play him 10 snaps, maybe we'll play him 30 snaps. So we don't know how they're going to use him. So, you know, if you're desperate at receiver, not terrible. DFS, not terrible. Um, but just, you know, don't have crazy expectations. But he definitely could pop off for sure because um, he's still um, he's still talented despite him, you know, having some uh, mental issues, uh, spiritual issues, whatnot. So, uh, Lattimore hasn't been good. Evans, this could be a game where he smashes. Uh, Godwin, I like. Gronk, of course. And then Fournette. You know, we saw Ronald Jones go back into the doghouse again. Uh, Arians, you know, if he makes one little mistake, Arians treats him like he's a freaking 12-year-old boy. <laughs> Gives him his punishment. Uh, and it wasn't even that bad, man. He freaking caught a pass. I mean, we, I'm sure we all saw it. He caught the pass, which was a deflected pass. It was on the ground. He was just coming up with it. And the guy made a good play and stripped that out of his hands. You know? So, well, Blake Martinez, I think, made the play for the Giants. So, it wasn't even like it was a regular fumble. And then he barely even played after that. He, wow, he came out the last game, last play of the game to, to, on the snap, uh, the kneel at the end of the game. That was bad. Aaron's like, all right, you can go out there now. Game's over. And like, you just treat him like total dirt. So you can't use him in this game. You, I mean, Fournette's going to be the guy probably. And then you know what will have probably happen is Fournette will fumble once, and, and Arians will probably still deal with Fournette. It just doesn't seem like Ronald Jones at all. So unless Fournette gets hurt again, I don't think Ronald Jones is going to have a significant uh, role. You know, I mean, he'll have a role, but I don't know if we're going to be able to use him unless it's like a a really good matchup where they're just going to blow some teams away. For now, it's just you got to wait and see. Um, So good game here on Sunday night. Again, the weather could be a little crazy, so pay attention to that. It it probably won't be, but just pay attention. Saints getting four and a half. Over-under is 50 and a half. Yeah, I would probably take the points with the Saints four and a half. The over under seems like it's pretty, pretty tight, so I'd probably stay away from that. But I, I would take the Saints four and a half. 
Okay, last game. We get to talk about the New York Jets. We'll try to make this quick. Patriots 2-5, 0-3 on the road. Jets 0-8, 0-4 at home. Um, we're going to be taking the Patriots in a couple survivor picks this week. Favored by 8, over under 42. Jets last 5. Going to be good weather here in New Jersey, though. 73. And, and uh, well, not game time. Probably game time, probably in the 50s. But good weather. 35-9 loss against... The Chiefs, all losses here. 18-10 against Buffalo, 24-0 against Miami, 30-10 against Arizona, 37-28 against Denver. Patriots last five. Um, Buffalo, 24-21 loss. San Fran, 33-6 loss. Denver, 18-12 loss. Kansas City, 26-10 loss. Win against the Raiders, 36-20. And that was the last time we saw a good cam uh, was the 36-20 win. So... And then you got the COVID, the whole thing, and it's just been a mess ever since. So this would have to be a bounce-back spot for Cam, right? I mean, I'm going to use him in one league. Got Burrow on a bye, so I'm going to use Cam. And, uh, you know, I'm just hoping he could run for 40-50, get in the end zone with a rushing touchdown, throw for 200, 250, throw another touchdown. I'll take that all day long. His weapons, uh, Edelman's going to be out for another couple of weeks. Keel Harry uh, is out also. Um, somebody said that Keel Harry is the worst run, route runner he's ever seen in his life. Uh, so maybe not missing too much there. Uh, you know, similar to that Jalen Strong guy, another Arizona State big receiver, never did anything. So it's going to be uh, Gunnar Obachinski, whatever his name is, Jacoby and Myers, the lawyer, the law firm. Um, and um, Demir Bird again. And then at tight end, Devin Asiasi, I think, went on the IR. So it's Ryan Izzo. And then Dalton Keene was hurting last week. I like him. I like his talent. Hopefully he plays this week. I feel like this guy could be an underrated weapon. So he could be, if he plays this week, another sneaky DFS play for me. Dalton Keene and another guy to pay attention to. I like his talent. Uh, one of the most athletic tight ends. Uh Probably the, the yeah one of the most athletic tight ends in the draft this year, um, so I think he's going to be a weapon for the Patriots as the season goes on for sure. Just traded for him in dynasty for basically nothing, a couple sixth eighth round picks in a couple of years, so I'm happy about that. Uh, the running game, Damian Harris has looked good, uh, been the one bright spot, and this should be a smash spot against the Jets. Uh, James White, you know, seems like he's being kind of phased out. Um, you know, Burkhead's getting in the mix there. I don't know. Maybe James White, maybe Burkhead, but I don't think you could even do it. It just might be Damian Harris for 20 carries. Uh, Sony Michelle, I think, might might come off the IR this week. Uh, so we'll see. But I still think that Harris is going to be the guy. Even when Michelle was healthy, they were kind of like, seemed like they were kind of phasing him out. Weren't giving him the big role. That you know they've seen in the past couple of years where they're giving him 15, 16, 17 carries. So I think they were kind of waiting for Harris to kind of be the guy. And Harris definitely looks a lot better. So I think Harris is going to be a thing all year and going forward, although they may draft another running back next year. But at least for this year, I think Harris will be the guy. And you can't use uh White or Burkhead. Maybe White, but it just it's been bad. You know, he's went through a lot, too. So I don't know if his head's totally in the game with everything going on either. Uh, prayers for him, uh, definitely. 
Continue prayers for him and his family. All right, Jets on the other side. You know, Darnold's got a shoulder injury. Frank Gore's mixing with P. Ryan and Tyler Johnson. Forget about that. Although the Patriots are starting to let up some rushing yards, so maybe Gore, you know, do you really see the Patriots blowing them out? Yeah, they could, I guess. Uh, I didn't see anything about Gilmore. Is he coming back this week? He probably is. So they should probably get healthy this week. Patriots, but just pay attention to that. That's you know works for Darnold playing with a bad shoulder. Uh, it's going to be Mims. You know Perryman's still hurt. Um, looks like Crowder might come back, which is a good thing. So the Jets, you know, maybe maybe they keep it somewhat close. I mean, Belichick's got to be on. The, Belichick might be nervous. He's not. He loses this game to the Jets. <laughs> oh my god, that would be. Total devastation. Um, and Brady's in in Florida. He's stuck in in the free states. He's stuck in New England lockdown century up there. Uh, it, you know, it's just it's a little more you know uh, crazy up there with the COVID restrictions. You know, no more Brady. He's got to deal with Cam and all his stuff. And two and five, and you go and lose to the Jets in New Jersey with nobody in the stadium and. Uh, on a Monday night in in East Rutherford, uh, <laughs> that would be crazy. I mean, I hope it doesn't happen because I'm I got the Patriots survivor, but I don't think it's gonna happen. I think it may be close, uh, but I think the Patriots will pull it out. Um, I mean, the Jets plus eight doesn't look too terrible, but if Gilmore's healthy with sh- with the shoulder injury, I think Cam should be able to do a so- little something on offense. I don't know. I don't feel great about the Patriots minus eight, though. I think, if anything, maybe you take the Jets plus eight. I hate to say it, but I don't know. The Patriots is not inspiring any confidence for me right now in their offense. Although, you know, they were right in that game with Buffalo. So, you know, they probably would have won the game or or at least tied it up, right, if uh, Cam didn't fumble there. So... Tough to say. I mean, you would think the Patriots could take care of business here with Belichick and Cam, you know, against this defense, but I don't know. It's a game I'm just going to stay away from. I don't want to talk too much longer about this game. 42, I would definitely take the under, 100%. This could be like a 2016, 23-10, 23-13, something like that. It's going to be... Be an interesting game to watch on Monday night. So that's that. I would go with Cam, Damian Harris, maybe a little Jacoby Myers, Demir Bird. If Dalton Keene is playing, I would maybe use him as a sneaky play on the Jets side. If Crowder plays, yeah, I would use Crowder because he's going to be in the slot. So he'll probably be away from Gilmore. Um, Gilmore probably match up with Mims, I guess. And then uh, none of the Jets running backs, but... Maybe Pirine, maybe, but nothing crazy there. I mean, this is just a bland, bland fantasy game. So not a good way to end it, but we'll be back for week 10. Thanks for listening, everybody. Again, fantasysavvy.com. I try to put out at least one or two articles a week, but, you know, I got another job and I got family and I try to do what I can. But, um, you know, I try to put out a pickup article or different things each week just to give you guys some perspective. But if you ever have any questions, you could always uh, email me, stevedangelo at gmail.com. 
That's D-A-N-G-E-L-O. Or hit me up on Twitter at Fantasy Savvy. Again, follow me on, on, on Twitter at Fantasy Savvy. Thanks for listening, guys. All the best this weekend for your teams. Hope you got some good input, got some good sleepers, and got some clarity from this show. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your Sunday. Have a blessed Sunday. We'll see you next week. The Fantasy Savvy 2020 podcast for week 10 NFL as we gear towards the fantasy playoffs. Talk to you later, guys.